Firm hands were pressing his back rhythmically, forcing the water out, the air in, being choked and hacked and coughed. He had been rescued. I'm, I'm okay. The hands eased off. Thank you. Bink sat up, blinking. He was on a small yacht. The sails were brightly colored silk. The deck of polished mahogany. Where am I? The mast was gold. Gold? Gold plate, maybe. Solid gold would have been so heavy as to overbalance the ship. Belatedly, he looked at his rescuer and was amazed again. She was a queen. At least she looked like a queen. She wore a platinum crownlet and a richly embroidered robe, and she was beautiful. Not as lovely as Winnie, perhaps. This woman was older, with more poise. Precise dress and matter made up for the sheer voluptuous innocence of youth that Winnie had. The queen's hair was the richest red he had ever seen, and so were the pupils of her eyes. It was hard to imagine what a woman like this would be doing boating in a monster-infested surf. I'm the sorceress Iris. Um, uh, on bank, he said awkwardly. Fr from the North Village. He had never met a sorceress before, and hardly felt garbed for the occasion. Fortunate I happened by. You might have had difficulties. The understatement of the year. Bink had been finished, and she had given him back his life. Uh, I was drowning. I, I never saw you. Just, just a monster, he said, feeling inane. How could he thank this royal creature for sullying her delicate hands on something like him? Uh, you were hardly in a position to see anything, she said, straightening so that her excellent figure showed to advantage. He had been mistaken. She was in no way inferior to Winnie, just different, and certainly more intelligent, more on a par with Sabrina. The manifest mind of a woman, he realized, made a great deal of difference in her appeal. Lesson for the day. There were sailors and servants aboard the yacht, but they remained unobtrusively in the background, and Iris adjusted the sails herself. No idle female she. The yacht moved out to sea. Soon it bore upon an island, and what an island it was. Lush vegetation grew all around it, flowers of all colors and sizes, polka dot daisies the size of dishes, orchids of exquisite splendor, tiger lilies that yawned and purred as the boat approached. Neat paths led from the golden pier up toward a palace of solid crystal, which gleamed like a diamond in the sun. Like a diamond? Bink suspected it was a diamond from the way the light refracted through its myriad faces. The largest, most perfect diamond that ever was. I guess I owe you my life, Bink said, uncertain as to how to handle the situation. It seemed ridiculous to offer to chop wood or pitch animal manure to earn his keep for the night. There was nothing so crude as firewood or animal refuse on this fair island. Probably the best favor he could do her was to remove his soaking, bedraggled presence as rapidly as possible. I guess you do, she agreed, speaking with a surprising normality. He had somehow expected her to be more aloof, as befitted pseudo-royalty. But my life may not be worth much. I don't have any magic. I'm to be exiled from Xanth. She guided the yacht to the pier, flinging a fine silver chain to its mooring post and tying it tight. 
Bing thought his confession would disturb her. He had made it at the outset so as not to proceed under false pretenses. She might have mistaken him for someone of consequence, but her reaction was a surprise. Bink, I'm glad you said that. It shows that you are a fine, honest lad. Most magic talents aren't worthwhile anyway. What use is it to make a pink spot appear on a wall? It may be magic, but it doesn't accomplish anything. You, with your strength and intelligence, have more to offer than the great majority of citizens. Amazed and pleased by this gratuitous and probably unjustified praise, Bink could make no answer. She was correct about the uselessness of the spot on the wall magic, certainly. He had often thought the same thing himself. Of course, it was a standard remark of disparagement, meaning that a given person had picayune magic. So this really was not a sophisticated observation. Still, it certainly made him feel at ease. Come, Iris said, taking him by the hand. She guided him across the gangplank to the pier and along the main path to the palace. The smell of flowers were almost overwhelming. Roses abounded in all colors, exhaling their perfumes. Plants with sword-shaped leaves were even more common. Their flowers were like simplified orchids, also of all colors. Oh, what are those? He inquired. Irises, of course, she said. He had to laugh. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Too bad there was no flower named Bink. The path passed through a flowering hedge and looped around a pool and fountain to the elaborate front portico of the Crystal Palace. Not a true diamond after all. Come into my parlor, the sorceress said, smiling. Bink's feet balked before the significance penetrated to his brain. He had heard about spiders and flies. Had she saved his life merely to... Oh, for goodness sake! Are you superstitious? Nothing will hurt you. the purpose of fantasy. It's diversion, it's entertainment, escapism. They yeah. use it as a bad word. It's a good word. Yeah. You need, we all need to escape. We all have times when life just is not worthwhile. At, at first I thought that fantasy was just simple, just catering, it wasn't, you know, it was the ice cream and cake, no, no content. Then I got a letter from someone who had cancer <clears throat> as a child. And he said reading Zant was the only thing that took his mind off the discomfort of the treatments, you know, chemotherapy. You need a place to escape, somewhere where you can be happy, you can enjoy, you can forget the problems and just enjoy yourself for a few hours. Fantasy will do that. Pre-recorded in a second floor guest room filled with tall ales and taller tales. Join a group of grown men intent on discussing the intricacies of fantasy and science fiction. Tim Gilbert Media presents... Don't just that we! I thought you'd come out of my... Got it right to the back of it! Oh, it's a lovely...
Hello, all you fans of Nickelpeeds, Stinglice, Hoopworms, and Leopard This is the Dungeons and Dweebs Podcast, Episode 31 A Spell for Chameleon, Part 1. I'm your host, Bob, and I think this Pierce Anthony guy is a real artist, but his characters are a bit sketchy. Plus, there are too many animal and bird puns, but I guess two can play at this game. However, to call this book average would be pretty mean. I guess that just shows that no matter how much you push the literature envelope, it'll still be stationary. (laughs) (laughs) I'm leaving. (laughs) But I'm not alone. Across the table from me... He was once addicted to the hokey pokey, but no. luckily he's turned himself around. God, stop. <laughs> he says he doesn't trust atoms because they're no. everywhere. No, no, they make up everything. <laughs> Can you get <laughs> Shut up! And I guess I'm ready to discuss this book with him, but I don't like to engage in mental combat with the unarmed. It's Luke. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> uh, uh, I, you know, I, I don't... Puns are, puns are so cringy. <laughs> what? No, they are not. No, they're just the worst. Uh, well, I, I'm so thrown off. What have you done to me? <laughs> Welcome to episode 31, everyone. Dungeons and Dweebs crew back at it with just the weirdest thing I've ever read. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the greatest. Gosh, but yeah. Hey, why don't why don't we kick off like probably what is going to be our first explicit episode? It's coming to my left. It's coming in buckets. Stop. <laughs> you, can't, you can't. You can't. He did. Oh. He, he did. He did. Anyway, to my left, he's not just a steamer. He's a full-on flamer. It's Claude. <laughs> Good evening, my young witches and wizards. Oh, I tell you what, this book has brought Uncle Clob back to his time in, at Hogwarts. Uncle Clob sneaking into the room of requirement with who would, would eventually be my ex-wife Beatrix for a little snogging. <laughs> Flying around on my Nimbus 2000, spells and potions clap. Why are you guys looking at me like that? <laughs> Did you read the wrong book? We were yeah. supposed to read the book about the magic land that exists parallel to our own, where everybody has magic, but they can't let the regular people know that they have magic. Yeah, yeah. they're called mundane. It's mods. It's got basilisks, <laughs> chameleons, <laughs> dragons. There's non-magic Muggledania. Mundanes, <laughs> Muggles. Well, well Did I read the wrong book? Yeah. <laughs> yeah my, uh, <laughs> Bink, Harry, Harry Bink, a Harry Bink. I thought maybe Spell for Chameleon was like the like Danish title or something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this ought to be very interesting. Across the table from me, he's the David Blaine of the Arctic North. His best magic trick starts with pull my finger. The frost giant to my Thor, Paul. How are you today? I'm doing great, but I guess I'm for you to pull real quick. Hold on. <laughs> no, it's a stink finger. <laughs> there we go. At least we're down in a confined basement and not in the small fart, confined. Fart room. air is heavy. It just lingers. <laughs> <laughs> did you have to? Not, yeah, I did. did. What, what can I say? <laughs> so I'm back for another wonderful book, a spell for chameleon, and you know, it's great to see what we can do. Well, club. 
decides to point aimlessly at <laughs> It's an audio <laughs> podcast. Don't to, point it out. Try to get me to pull his finger. It's really weird. I don't like that club. What is with the fourth chairs and always pointing out <laughs> visual things <laughs> in, hey, a, in hey, an audio medium? I'm just saying, he's trying to get me to pull his finger. I'm the one that gets to do that joke. I'm the pull finger boy. <laughs> he's the farting boy. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> There's digits to be pulled around here. Paul's going to do it. You sure that's my finger? <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's cold in here. <laughs> it is. Uh, like we said, this might be our first explicit episode. So yeah, probably. I think we're beyond might at this point. Yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wait, yeah, spell for Camellia. Uh, what uh, Pierce Anthony, or Pierce Anthony. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I want to, actually, I want to, in my physical book here, in the back, I want to I read this to you guys. I there's this little, um, I suppose, bio about Pierce, uh, but it's written as if it's a part of the book, and it, it's really <laughs> well done. Uh, uh-huh. So uh, Pierce Anthony, sometimes called Pierre Xanthony, oh, wow. is a pseudonym for a mundane character who was born in England in 1934, came to America in 1940, was naturalized in 1955, and moved to Xanth in 1977. He lives with his wife, Carol, teenage daughters, Penny, and Cheryl, who recently formed the Anthony Ego Buster Society to shrink his swelled head when he got too much fan mail, which he now answers at the rate of about two letters per day. <laughs> and that's, it, it does go on a bit, but I just I wanted to share that. that I, 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 don't even, I don't even know what made me like go to the back of the book. but Yeah, that's, re- that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Good idea. Yeah, a really, a really cool idea. I, I like that the author decides to kind of play in his own universe. Yeah, and I mean, I, you know, I, I know he did create the universe, but yeah. really letting, letting a mundane move into Xanth makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's other well. books down the line that have that. The, we'll get to it maybe at the end. Sec- the next, next podcast we'll talk about maybe a little bit what comes beyond this book. Ooh, just a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So, um, before we get into it, though, I, I think we've got a contest that we've got to do. So, should we head on over to the tavern? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, it was Saturday night, uh, last night, and I, I could use a little hair of the dog right now. <laughs> oh, remember the universe we're in, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Well, you're, All right. Now yeah. you're messing with a son of a bitch. <laughs> Oh, you know what? For that, you're buying this round. Let's go. <laughs> I was in a relationship oh, I swear to you, man. The woman with the blue dragon. She brought me up to her room. Boy, last did week. she have good. Where's tag? my coin purse? Why don't you Where's fellas follow me to my couch? I'll show you how my glory is good. What'll it be, boys? Tavern talk. All right, we're back, cozied up around the fire. Um, but there's something a little bit different over in the corner. We've got a big old wheel sitting. Luke, what's up with that? I, you know, I. I'm just a very indecisive person, and I let the wheel decide. Wheel decide my fate. <laughs> no, uh, we we have a contest to wrap up though, that we were supposed to wrap up last episode. We, yeah, we we were giving more time for people to be, come in respond because for, for once we're on top of our stuff and we're recording in a decent amount. Of time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so yeah, for the Lando books. Yeah, sure. the two Lando Calrissian hardcover books. We asked you uh, to please send in or in, uh, you know like the Facebook page and then um, send in our secret code from episode twenty nine, which was I ain't no Chahala Backbar. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we had some responses. Those names have been put into 
a the wheel of destiny. The wheel of destiny, which we will spin now to find out uh, who our winner is. Spin the wheel to find out where we're going now. Tick, tick. Oh, oh! Justin! Oh, Justin! Oh, Facebook, right. congratulations! You have won yourself. Uh, two books. <laughs> hey, a podcast about books, giving away books. This just in, our winner is Justin. Justin Tree. Wow. Justin Tree. Topical. It's very topical. <laughs> Leads us right in. Uh, so we will be reaching out to you just probably before this podcast. Before out. it drops. We'll yeah. probably, yeah, we'll reach out to you uh, privately, get your mm-hmm. uh, shipping address, and, and be mailing out those books. So, so congratulations. congratulations. We expect a photo of you holding books. God, I hope. <laughs> I hope I hope you live in the contiguous United States. Uh, <laughs> yeah, never check that. Oh, never no, check oh that. no, what did we say? <laughs> I live in Madagascar on this side. Hey, Lu- Luxembourg is still going strong. That's I will true. send something out to Luxembourg. Shout out. <laughs> oh man. So how has your nerd um week oh, my week ner- and a half been? Well, this is the portion of the show that we call Tavern Talk. That is we set yes. aside. <laughs> An X amount of time? An allotted amount of time. An allotted amount of time. Whatever that be. Yeah, whatever it happens to be this week. Um, (laughs) And we just talk about what we've been doing and um, kind of the other things that we do outside of this podcast that are nerdy and geeky and dweeby. Noity. Noity and geeky. Um, For me, um, I I have, uh, I've become that which I hate. Boys. What does that mean? Um, I've been playing a battle royale game. Oh, uh, oh boy! Oh, like, oh, like no, yeah. dive deep, haven't you? Like a lot. Like I don't, I don't even like these games. But I'm having uh, Apex Legends came out. It's free to play, based in the Titanfall universe. Uh, got my first win right before we started up uh, recording this, and I'm still flying high on that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's honestly, I even you know coming from you know someone who's. Kind of thirty years old, um, yeah. It's it's fun. Mm-hmm. It, it is a fun game. They know how to keep you hooked, and it's it's you know it is riddled with microtransactions. Like any, it's made by EA, and uh, as much as I want to talk ill of them, they are the evil overlords. And I feel like if I say anything, something bad is going to happen to all of us. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tulpas. We already we already announced. Tulpa. Um, yeah. So that, uh, that's uh, my my life has been a lot of that. A lot of uh, reading. A spell for chameleon, obviously. Um, I know. And also editing. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we got a decent response. You know, I you know it's just episode one came out of our D and Dweebs play Stardew Valley with Norian on YouTube. Uh, myself, Mister Paul over here, yeah. uh, rocking it out on the farm. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah. But yeah, just trying to deliver you guys some more D and Dweebs content on a regular basis. Yeah. So go ahead, check that out. Um, on, and really, what we're hoping is we're hoping to be able to monetize those videos. Why I'm gonna sit here right now and I'm gonna make a bold statement Whoa. about this podcast. Whoa. I I know Bob, you and I hate ads and podcasts. Hate them. Hate them. It is hate them. Audio cancer. Some yes, of my is. favorite podcasts. Even in fact, there's one that all, uh, most of us listen to here at the table that has just been. Exponentially yeah. uh, getting worse, worse and worse with yeah. the ads. Yeah. Five, six ad breaks per show, and just yeah. drives me nuts. And it's and it's and it's very difficult. And it, it, that's one of the things I think that bothers all of us on the table when you're trying to listen to a podcast, especially when you're laying down on a my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are not oh. paying us. But I was telling a story to to Luke just last week. I said, "Oh, this podcast that 
that we listen to. Um, it, it, like, it might be the last podcast left. You know, I, <laughs> <laughs> it might be that one. Uh, I love you guys, but um, but chill I, out. It was I was walking the dog at nine thirty at night, and this was that it's it's thirty five below in the polar yeah, vortex. So in the polar vortex. So I have so much clothing on that I cannot reach my device to fast forward <laughs> anything, and I'm subjected to all of these uh, ads. It was driving me oh. insane. So yeah, I my my bold statement. I don't think I, I never want to be a podcast that has ads in it. No, I don't. So and and really this this is just a hobby for us. This is not how we make our living or no. anything. But this this hobby is expensive. Um, so if you want to help some guys out, uh, head over to D and Dweebs on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button for us because that is one of the um, goals that we need to hit in order to monetize those things. And, and my thought yeah. there is, you're going to be watching ads on YouTube anyway, whether you want to or not, whether we enable it or not. Yeah. So right. why why don't we piggyback off of that and you know supplement you know us actually buying more than just one microphone so I don't have to lean towards the table when I talk. You know, yeah. I, I think I think you're playing Stardew Valley needs a theme song. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, okay. It's like country. I'll, country. I'll do one up. You, went to- <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you get something going for us? Yeah. There's country D and Dweeb getting down on Stardew Farms. I don't know. We, I mean, we're, we're, we, we already paid for Fatal Fight. We could just keep using yeah. it again and again and again. Best uh, 50 bucks we ever spent. She well. thinks my Stardew's sexy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Actually, we spent 100, 100 bucks yeah. because there's Fatal Fight and Final Fight. And we own both of those And now. I accidentally at first <laughs> purchased Final Fight. Well, there we go. We, which, ha- we could use Final Fight. Now. Which has, that song sucks, and that's why we don't use it. It has yet to see the light of day. <laughs> not even on the intro oh, stuff man. have we used Final Fight. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it just doesn't... It's not good. It's by the same company, yeah. but it's not nearly as good. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you want more uh, behind-the-scenes talk like this... Uh, <laughs> what, do you, what do you hate more than ads? Listening <laughs> to people talk about ads <laughs> on their podcasts. Uh, well, I'm just, you know... And how they bought songs. Give them a, give them a little peek well, behind know, the buckles. I agree. Exactly. When you hate something that much, you get a little hungry. Mm. So let's go over to the George Foreman Grill. <laughs> <laughs> who, who did you sell your soul to? What happened? <laughs> it's cold outside, but I'm warm inside, drinking my holiday espresso coffee. <laughs> well, yeah. Who did I sell my soul to? We've expressed numerous times on here that I have an ex-wife. <laughs> oh, no. uh, shout out to I don't know your ex-wife. <laughs> Beatrix Lestrange. Uh, <laughs> well, that- I've just heard. Referred to as eggs on a wall. You know what? We got that explicit play. Let's use it. <laughs> Wave that <laughs> proudly. Wave that Whoa. son of a gun. Whoa. Oh my god. Well, hey, that's that's been my nerd week. I'm sorry. I don't know what <laughs> club. Um on that note, uh, <laughs> I've been watching uh, Discovery season, uh, Star Trek Discovery season two has mm, come out. Mm-hmm. I've watched the first couple episodes of that. I'm still into the universe. Yep. They've brought Christopher Pike into the universe now. Mm-hmm. Um, the actor that plays him actually does a very good job uh, That's cool. with that. I'm just a couple. Like I said, I'm just a couple episodes in, but it's 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 interesting the way they're going. The other show that I've been watching is started out in 2015. It's a show from Sci-Fi called The Expanse. I love The Expanse. And I will say I I dig it. You kind of gotta get through like the first yep, six episodes. You gotta give it its time. You gotta yep, give it its time burn. to go through. Um, I do have kind of a man crush on Thomas Jane, anyways. <laughs> uh, so he he does the, he does the the brooding 
the the brooding dark guy very well. Yes, yes. And so he's in it as a detective, and he wears a little detect. He wears like a fedora in space. It's, yeah, it's hilarious. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I'm in the second season now, and it's getting it's, it keeps getting more interesting as we go forward here. Uh, that's really kind of what I've been doing. It's trying yeah. to stay warm in that. All right, Paul. What have you been up to? Oh, you know, I've, I haven't been on here for a little while, so I've been catching up on a lot of different books that I've wanted to read, personally. Ooh, do tell. So, one book that I've had on my list that I wanted to read was Fire in the Hole. It's a collection of short <laughs> stories. Yeah, I know. I know. We're not, hey. in, we're not in Zan. Oh, yeah, sorry. We're, we're not in Zan. <laughs> this, this is Fire in the Hole. Uh, it's and Satan by put it there. <laughs> Elmore Leonard. Hey. <laughs> Uh, by Elmore Leonard, uh, it's what Justified is based off. We, of, that we, TV we've show. talked about Justified on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, that TV show. It's it's the short story that Justified started from. They oh, did nice. for the TV show. They did have to change a little bit of mm-hmm. the short story, but otherwise, it is. How, how amazing that a short story became like what, like four or five seasons of a show? Yeah, that's insane. it was. Yeah, that one short story you changed about one thing that happens in the short story, and you can just keep yep. going from it. That's no, what they did, and it's that great. was what somebody doesn't die. In the show, but they die in the book, right? Yes. Is yeah, that yeah. That's, that's about as much as. Are we going yeah. no spoilers here? Well, I mean, it's, we if spoilers? you haven't seen, it's the first episode of Justified. The oh. first episode of Justified is the short story. Oh, and, there's and then just they just a slight change where somebody a, survives, and they just extrapolate off of that. Yeah, the and show. then everything okay. goes okay. from okay. there. So it's it's really good. I've been I played a little bit of Apex Legends uh, for TV show. I actually haven't watched the Star Trek one. I've watched or- the Orville. I started yeah. have that. You, yeah. I have, have not watched, watched Orville, that? but I'm yes, told I've that seen, I should. I've seen the first five episodes I, or so of Orville. I really liked it. Yes. It was a comedy. I don't know how to describe it, but it, I'm, yeah. I'm impressed. I, I was, it's able to take that feeling of old Star Trek, but mm-hmm. twist it just enough to make it like it's tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, that, that first episode, though, or like, it, you know, you... you, you uh, meet the main character. He's getting a divorce with his wife, and you're like, "Well, she's obviously coming back." Like, oh, yeah. Che- yeah. Chekhov's cheating wife. I don't know what what to call that. But yeah, Chekhov's that, there, there are some obvious things that happen. Oh. In it. It's just a good, I don't know, space Chekhov's space whore. TV show. <laughs> Chekhov's. You have a whore in the first act. My <laughs> God, you better use it by the end. If of the, the main character finds a whore in the bed in the first act. My <laughs> God, by the third act. <laughs> Oh, Bob, what about you, man? What have you been up to? <laughs> well, I, you know, not a whole lot. I've been doing a lot of comic book reading. I've nice. done a lot of... Nerd? Nerd. A lot of reading, uh, you know, Xanth. Uh, you know, I've been trying to read as much as... You've in, gone down the rabbit hole. Yeah, I, I want to get as far you into the universe do. as I possibly can. So especially by the next episode, I can say I'm I'm through Castle Runga right now. Um, and <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's a lot of fun. So, so how, how deep is this rabbit hole? Oh, does it go like thirty years? Forty-two books, Whoa. and he's got two in the pipe still at St- at like eighty-four years uh, of age. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I mean, I'm gonna make a bold statement here that I don't know that the quality probably has sustained. <laughs> I can't imagine forty-two books in the same universe, mm. uh, and them all being up to any kind of quality. Well, we have a. S- no, no, I'm not gonna rip on that series. No, oh. no, 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 I'll just, I'll just leave that hanging. <laughs> Low How hanging dare fruit. you? <laughs> Whoa, I didn't do anything. 
<laughs> oh, we'll connect to that universe, oh, I think, no. during this podcast. Yes, yes, we will. Yeah, yes, yeah. we will. But, uh, yeah, um, so a lot of comic book reading, though, I've, uh, this, this, that, this actually does sound super nerdy. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, been doing my catching up on it. I love the original old Ninja Turtles. Uh, yes. Ninja Turtles. Yes. I've never read those, but Turtles in Time, best video game ever. Yes, I agree, I agree. <laughs> best um, video game. So I'm, I'm re- I, I read all the old stuff by Eastman and Laird, and now, you know, um, no news to anybody, I don't think, but Image has been redoing them for about the past ten years, kind of their own take on them, and they're they're campy but fun. I like what their take on them. Um, so so I've been continuing with them. Would you so recommend them? Um, it's really hard because there's a lot of things that I'm into that I wouldn't ever recommend. I think it, it's kind of like Dungeon- Are we still talking about comic books. Like yeah, for for instance, like Tomb Raider. I love the Top Cow Tomb Raider stuff. And in fact, if we ever start um, like doing video podcasts where we review comics, uh, I'm going to be doing the Tomb Raider archives, which nice. came out. I highly I rec- recommend if you like the Top Cow Tomb Raider stuff from the late '90s. Um, they've done beautiful. Hard covers of them from okay. Dark Horse, um, but but they are not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will say I have noticed Dark Horse. Dark Horse quality comic books tend to be really good. I've over Marvel and yeah. things. I now, see, that's prefer. something I'd like to discuss sometime on a comic book video thing. But um, I would yes, yes, that'd be a good, is, that'd be is a good which is better? Point. I love Marvel omnibuses, and I like what. Uh, uh, Dark Horse does with their hardcovers. My problem, I have problems with both. Number one, uh, the Dark Horse stuff is like a weird laminated hardcover that the quality from Amazon can really like. Sometimes it's just people whipping stuff into a box, and those <laughs> those things can tear, and and the corners yeah. can get all nicked well, up. Well, do you mylar them? Yeah. Whereas the <laughs> it's my book in the box. Marvel omnibuses, I can mylar. There you go. <laughs> My book in a box, Dave. It's my book in a box. Yeah, right on, right on. So that's kind of been mine. But hey, we've got some feedback that we should share. Actually, feedback. some of it, yeah. Well, some of it, I think we should maybe wait till afterwards. We should we should bring it up uh, after we get into the world of Xanth, perhaps. Uh, let uh, so open up Twitter here. I, I feel like somebody said something to us. Hold on. By the way, I put out uh, an oh. ad that I had found. I was uh, I was on Amazon and I was looking at the new Dungeons and Dragons Arcana book that came out and promptly ordered it. But as I was scanning oh, through the images you, that they you, give you, you made the best ad ever. <laughs> oh, and there's God. this image I couldn't get over. It. This kid with his with his uh, Walkman. Is wa- that a Walkman? I put the Walkman on him. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, he is. The the ad was, who needs to hang around? I've got Dungeons and Dweebs. Um, as soon as I saw it, or Dungeons and Dragons, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, this has to be an ad. To which I was halfway through making it, and as I'm image searching stuff, I found I did find out that the guys that you really like to listen to, uh, Critical uh, Role, Critical Role yep. did something very similar, and I'm like, oh, should I put their, it out anyway? Oh, yeah, their, yeah. Second, their second intro their is second kind of a knock on yeah, yeah, we should show it to you after this. Yeah, it's super yeah, yeah. cool. Well, I it looked at good. it. I oh, saw it. I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, did you see the video of it? Yeah, yeah. and I was yeah. like, oh, no. Are, you know, are they going to think we're ripping them off? But I'm like, I don't care. This is too good. We just have to throw it out anyway. So, But it was fun. And by the way, yeah, that does look like a 13-year-old me. 
I even had hair like that. That was how my hair was. It was it's just ridiculous. Although I, I never wear I never wore overalls. Okay. I even grew up on a small hobby farm and never wore overalls. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what, what I got on uh, Twitter. This is actually this is super old. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, we were just talking to uh, you know very old friend of the show PB Publishing. Uh, oh wow! Who, who yeah. never ate a pepper. <laughs> yeah, hey guys. Um, <laughs> just, just, it doesn't hurt that much. Uh, you know, he was uh, he was watching The Wire, and he was just talking about how much he oh. he forgot how much he loved that show. Um, I love The Wire. I, and I just I just brought up to him that uh, we were just talking about it off air. I think it was probably me and you. Paul. Bubbles. Yeah. I love that um, But yeah, what, what do you say? Uh, yeah, we were just talking with PP Publishing on Twitter about The Wire, and I just want to give him a shout out because he's been a very uh, long-standing listener. Yes. Um, so thank you, Mr. Mister Publishing. And you guys should get your crew together over there and do some sort of challenge and throw it back at us, and we'll come through for you. Yeah, bud. you punks. Actually, you know, I, I, don't know, I, don't know that, I don't know that they listen like outside of the Dragonlance books. I know yeah, that, right. We've yeah. got a lot of fans who just come back for Dragonlance. Stop it's making me read Dragonlance, you guys. Jeez. This might be the last year. I yeah, think we might be we going Forgotten know. Realms after that. Ow, my leg. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, but the rest of the... But hey, if you do not guy. want us to go uh, Forgotten Realms, if you want to make me read some more freaking Dragonlands, <laughs> let us know on social media. What's wrong with Dragonlands, man? <laughs> What's wrong with Dragonlands? I don't know. The character I voice is dead. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> well, oh, no. He's coming back. Oh, of course he is. Yeah. <laughs> was one of the most emotional... He's coming back? What do you mean he's coming back? We've he's, already what, had... Why is it, no, oh, right. I'm sorry. My hand was in your pocket. <laughs> People have been calling for us to do all the way to this War of Souls. Wow. We just had a message about getting I did, I did War, of, on yeah, Facebook, War of Souls. Yeah. Let's read War of Souls. Um, Can we stop bringing up my marriage, please? <laughs> <laughs> if we had all the time in the world, sure. I would love to be known as the only podcast in history that will ever cover all 190 <laughs> Dragonlance books. But hey, that's you know I what <laughs> I would what need a, to borrow them from you. Oh point. my god! All right, let's get out of Corinne. Let's get into Xanth. Yeah. How about you know I made you buy the first round. I suppose I'll get this. I'll get the second here. Oh, and right. I tell you what, if we walk right over here, there's a pretzel tree. <laughs> <laughs> I I am both confused and intrigued. <laughs> Be careful if you touch the bark and then you eye it salty. <laughs> Ooh, it's, a, it's a DeLorean, isn't it? Scales are always in my favorite. I might have driven a DeLorean here. I pull up a chair, friend. So here we are. Uh, a book about Xanth. Book one of 42 <laughs> plus. Oh my god. Uh, a Spell for Chameleon yeah. by Pierre Xanthony. <laughs> Um, what do we, I think we're going to go through about like one through seven chapters. Yeah, I think today. we're going to go because these chapters are monstrous. Uh, they are large chapters. Yeah. We're going to go, I think, up until when he hits Mundania. You know what? It's not the size of the chapters. You mean the, it's muggle the content world? there with it. <laughs> the Muggle world. Mundania, yeah. Muggle. Which, by the way, Xanth, right? I mean, obviously, it's a big thing. Xanth is supposed to be uh, like a Florida. Anyway, shaped like Florida, looks like Florida. Oh. But at the time of this writing, was not Florida yet. So that's not, like, that's a thing that he says came kind of later. Oh, okay. Like, like he started realizing that what he was writing about was Florida, but I don't think he had that in his mind. Yeah, yeah, I mean, don't. yeah. Let's see, Florida. Animals that will kill you, people that are a little crazy. Yeah, that's Florida. Infested yeah. with rats. Infested, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's more of the second book, but yeah, there's... Spoiler. Oh, sorry. But, Bob, <laughs> did you get us a... 
what do you, what do you call them? Uh, a plot summary? synopsis. <laughs> God. Yeah. All I'm, right. I'm still not okay from last night. It's all right. <laughs> you you just sit there and laugh, guffaw, smile. <laughs> there you go. A Spell for Chameleon by Piers Anthony, Ballantine slash Delray Publishing, September 1977. Good year. Yeah, it was a good year. I mean, none, Star Wars. None of us were there. <laughs> Star Wars. Peter Frampton's double live album comes out. <laughs> if there's anything you should be listening to while reading this, it's Peter Frampton's live album. Okay, put it on right now and listen to this intro. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it. it I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put it behind me. <laughs> Our story opens with Bink, a young man who, like many of us, feel like they just don't fit in with the rest of society. However, in Bink's case, that is the literal truth. For Bink lives in Xanth, a magical realm where everyone and everything has magical ability, but our unfortunate protagonist does not. Because of his lack of magical ability, Bink is teased and taunted by his peers, slighted by women, and pitied by his parents. But with his 25th birthday fast approaching, Bink must display his magical talent or be exiled from the land of Xanth forever. Bink must go to visit the magician Humphrey to divine his magical talent. The journey to the good magician's castle is a long one, and the land of Xanth is fraught with bizarre magical peril at every turn. Ornery centaurs, gap dragons, nickelpeds, and mock rape trials all stand in his way, but our hero perseveres through it all until he finally reaches the castle of the good magician Humphrey. The magician Humphrey is unable to ascertain the nature of Bink's seemingly absent magic, but gives Bink a letter to be used at his trial, affirming that yes, he does indeed have magic. But the king will listen to none of it, and Bink is sentenced to exile outside the boundary of the shield wall that separates the magical world of Xanth from the everyday world of Mundania. In the outside world of Mundania, Bink is soon captured by the evil magician Trent, who had been exiled years ago from Xanth. He has hatched an evil plot to bring down the shield wall and enter Xanth with his army and rule as king. Bink is imprisoned with a girl named Fanchon. She is incredibly ugly, but what she lacks in physical beauty, she more than makes up for in brains and wit. She devises a plan, and Bink and her escape. But fate has other plans, and during their escape, Bink and Fanchon end up with the evil magician Trent stranded in the magical countryside of Xanth. The three decide a truce is the best course of action, and they join forces. Taking shelter in the haunted castle Runga, Fanchon reveals her secret. She is in fact Chameleon, a woman who dramatically changes from ugly slash smart to beautiful slash stupid all within a month. Uh, uh, no comment. I get it, I get it, get it, get it. Leaving the castle, the trio come upon a great battle between the united creatures of Xanth and a swarm of Wiggles, the most deadly <laughs> the most deadly creatures in all of Xanth. The leader of the Xanthian forces for freedom is the magic-using centaur Herman the Hermit. Something tells me this is something good. United, the creatures stamp out the wiggle threat. <laughs> but in the battle, Herman dies a fiery death. 
After the battle, the three decide to part company when suddenly the sorceress Iris appears. She coerces Trent in her bid to take over Sans' throne. Infuriated, Bing challenges Trent to a duel. Trent has the power to transform, yet during the duel he is unable, after many attempts, to transform Bink, thus revealing his Bink's magical power. Bink cannot be harmed by magic. Trent refuses to fight any longer. However, during the battle, Chameleon is mortally wounded. Trent turns Bink into a phoenix so that he can fly to the magician Humphrey for help. In the end, Chameleon is healed, Trent assumes the throne, since the old king conveniently chooses this time to die, yeah. and Bink is appointed as the official researcher of Xanth. The book closes with Bink asking Chameleon to marry him, and they all live happily ever after. And that is the synopsis. Good job. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. There we go. Who has a hefty one? So now nobody has to read the book. You can now... <laughs> All right, cool. I, you know what? I kind of liked it. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Based off of Bob's synopsis, yeah, me. <laughs> oh, there is so much to go through with this book. Um, yeah. Yes, let us wade. Let, put on your rubber boots as we wade through the minutiae. We are going to wade deep. Into the viscous, sticky minutia. Mm, moist. Um, <laughs> that is Xanth. <laughs> chapter one. <laughs> yeah. chapter Since one, you guys all have that. Colon yeah. Xanth. Yeah. So we meet Bink, uh, his fiance. Right, yeah. So Bink is a resident of the magical realm of Xanth. Yes. Which we've already talked Everybody in Xanth has magical powers, right? But Bink does not. Yeah, and he, yeah, he has to be able to demonstrate it, or he gets yeah. kicked out, or he will and get kicked out. Everything, er, everybody and everything has some sort of magic. Well, and that's a whole discussion that Bink goes through throughout the entire book of having magic versus using magic. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, they're, they're all somehow related yeah. to magic. But instantly... Or being I, made of magic. But or, this yeah. is your typical, uh, you know, protagonist that, you know, as a young boy, you would you would put yourself in Bink's place, right? Because, I mean, this is a not fitting in with society, you know, you're the, you're kind of the have-not, you feel out of place. He's the only kid without magic. You don't have right. the football talent. But and, what I yeah. love here is that a lot of the magical talent here is just stupid. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like well, yeah, what, there's wall spotters that can just put spots <laughs> on walls? I love it. There, how, about the, how about the one dude who can change the color of his penis? <laughs> no, it's his <laughs> no, urine. urine. Oh, the color of his <laughs> urine. That's it. That'd be the most... <laughs> Most useless yeah. magic trick ever. I, I, I mean, I, hey, I, I, hey. I, I would change it like very like rapidly, so it looks like a weird yeah. strobe. In light. the winter, <laughs> it would be great to write your name in just different colors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but come, I, but come, I yes, yeah, see the see the wonderful urine snow art. <laughs> but I think this is actually pretty fun. Uh, you know, instantly I. As soon as you start reading this book, mm. you get this idea. This is not a book to necessarily or at all be taken seriously. Oh, God. No. This is like sitting down, you know, to watch um, Monty Python. Monty Python. There. Yeah. It's like trying to sit down and <laughs> watch Dissected. Monty Python. It's, 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 the, it's it is very much the Mel Brooks take on Lord Ooh, of the Rings. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very <laughs> much. That's really yeah, good. That's I really like that. Good. Yeah, yeah, but I like that everybody here um, is so into magic that, uh, but most of it really has is ridiculous. It's Could worthless. You, it's worthless. Can we magic. Talk about, as long as we're in chapter one, yeah, you know, I, I want to say it took me until like the end of chapter two before I realized Bink was not a centaur. <laughs> I he, don't understand why you thought he Bink go, was a centaur. He goes to centaur <laughs> school. I, will, I suppose. I will actually agree. It, 
and nowhere does it say that it is. Yeah, no. Is human. You were thinking Rudolph went to reindeer school. Yeah, and he I, was a reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, one prereq into getting into centaur school being a centaur. Well, but no. see that, and, and see, I never thought that too because that's that is kind of a trope of fantasy too. Is the centaurs are very intelligent. There's mm-hmm. numerous yeah. books and mythology that have centaurs being teachers. Where do you think a centaur's organs are? Yeah, this is are they in the human yeah, part, yeah. the human yeah. torso, or in the in the horse? I think it's part. both. So, like the lungs should be up where a human is, but then, but the lung capacity would have to be much more having a horse's body. I feel yeah, like what it's if probably just the human. The human torso is just it's the all lungs, lungs and the heart. Nothing, Nothing else. else. Guts go lower. Guts go lower. So then, what's in the chest though of the ho- the the horse's chest big cavity old, is big, big old in stomach. To, in order to spleen, a giant. In order <laughs> to pump that much blood around that much body, yeah, you gotta have yeah, a big heart. It's, you gotta have a horse heart, not a human heart. Yeah, mm. yeah. So maybe yeah. just the chest cavity is the heart, and then lungs are kind of. It's but it's I don't know. Question. See, I it's feel like the horse too part is all intestine. There's too much room. <laughs> I feel like I feel like maybe the whole chest is actually more of a heart. It's all heart, no lungs. Lungs move down into the stomach area. Yeah. So, listeners, go on Facebook if you've ever dissected a centaur and <laughs> tell us. What I'm gonna make one. Going on. I'm gonna make yeah. one of these, and I'm gonna put it up there. Um, but then this. So, if a centaur gets a beer belly, is it? Does both? The horse end get a beer gut and the human end. <laughs> no, get I, think, I think. Or is it one know. unigut? Whoa. The human part is still just like relatively in shape until like you know you can have a beer gut, but your chest area is pretty decent. Yeah, and things. I think see, the yeah, human part's you, fine, and then the horse stomach just drags. It's, and yeah, I'm going. Like I'm going the opposite. Cat. Yeah, it's like a fat cat. <laughs> Paul, Paul, I'm going the opposite. Where the, the horse flanks are horse flanks because. Have you ever seen a fat horse? I, I was just um, going to ask that. The horse is horse, but yeah, then it's just I, then I it's know. just the dude on front with the basketball. <laughs> oh. a giant bas- so there'd be no fat buildup around the torso <laughs> of the horse. Part. <laughs> All I'm seeing is I don't know. If you, I don't know when the last time you saw Jeremy Clarkson from the. Ooh. <laughs> is that Kelly Sussman? No, uh, uh, from what, what, what's that car show? Uh, it's it's called Gear? Grand Prix. Uh, Top Gear. Jeremy Clarkson from Top Gear. These days, he's rocking a solid couple basketballs up front. <laughs> <laughs> I've just seeing him and his giant gut. He, he loves America and he is becoming American. I don't know that. He, no, no uh, Richard Hammond loves America. Is that the one that does? Yeah. Short oh, guy. Okay. Short guy. Yeah. It's really weird. Uh, what is weird, though, is that there'll be some coming up, some sexual tension in some ways, it feels like, between Bink and the centaur. Yes. Yes. Cherry. Yeah. Cherry. There, there's sexual tension throughout this entire book. <laughs> I guess well, we'll okay, get to can, Cherry. Yeah. Can we, <laughs> let's, let's actually start chapter one here. Because well, we are, well, we are we're tackling the important issues of where is Centaur? <laughs> so no, because and, chap- and they have a beer, beer belly. <laughs> chapter one starts out with the omen. Yes. And you have to look at the you omen. You probably should throw up the it's omen. It's all for you. What is the omen? <laughs> it's all for you, Damien. Uh, <laughs> the omen is uh, he's out in the woods and he sees a chameleon. And in Xanth, the chameleons actually, like, change. They don't just change color. Well, well actually, it's illusory. That I, keep going. <laughs> Get out. Just it's, get out. It's my we're, house. We're in, <laughs> it's my house. It's we're, my Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, he's watching this. It's my game, game cartridge. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Go, on. Sorry. Go ahead. It's my controllers. 
Okay, go for it. <laughs> I'm gonna take. I'm it. the one who wins. <laughs> I'm gonna take my power cord and go home. <laughs> you look so. Angry. Hey guys, you want to go to my house? My mom bought Zelda. Yes. <laughs> so there's this omen, and uh, right away in the beginning, Pink is walking. There's a rock, and what's sitting on a rock, Club? There's a chameleon on that rock, Club. Bounce you off that. <laughs> Just this chameleon. What comes down and grabs that chameleon, Club? A bird. Breathe. A bird does. A bird. But he he looks at this, and he looks at he looks at this bird grabbing oh. this chameleon as as an omen, because omens are a big thing. Yeah, and right. Signs and. Um, within this mat, with within this magic universe, yeah. And so he's looking at this. He knows he's coming up on his trial date here for magic, and he's like, "Oh God, does that mean I'm going to die?" Right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's that. It could. It could be his death, or could it just be the death of his life as he knows it? Because isn't that mm-hmm. his major fear when he goes? If he has to go to Mundania, what's the point of living? Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. So. Okay, so he go he goes meets up with his fiance Sabrina Sabrina, Sabrina. who has another useless talent. Yeah, she hol- can make holograms. Ho- yeah, yeah. Hey, I would love to just randomly be able. And to she's make got holograms. a big butt, and she cannot <laughs> lie. <laughs> the brothers can't deny. Uh, and we find out that Bink has lost his left middle finger. He accidentally chopped off with a cleaver. That would not be a fun. And then hit it because yeah, then hit it because he thought he was good. Which is a it's kind of a little kid thing to do. Yes, oh, yeah. Although I don't know if I'd have the presence of mind to like hide oh, my God, finger. Yeah, he'd just freak out. Yeah. Like, ah! yeah. But no, yeah, I'm, because otherwise it could have been magically reattached. Yeah. I love, I he, he held on to it for way too long, which is not what Mr. Bobbit did. No. <laughs> that was magically reattached. <laughs> I do. But I love how he gets complimented by his dad for that. His dad's yeah. just like. You're stubborn. You you stuck with it, and you dealt with your pain wait, and everything. Wait a little, kid. Yeah, it's right. the like, yeah, all right, you're tough. So while he's sitting there with Sabrina, a couple couple youths come over and harass him a little bit. One guy has the yeah. power to like make a noxious gas cloud. One dude has the power to turn or to uh, uh, put holes in the earth and or make you think you see holes in the earth right. in front of you. There's, there's, a chick, so he, there's a chick who's Hella from Thor. She can make swords. Yes. <laughs> was that yeah. a chick or a dude? That was a girl. That was a girl. It was. I always thought it was a guy for some reason. You're so bad at reading stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. And so what do you mean you always thought that? Always. <laughs> always. I read this book like for two days ago. Three days ago. Three days ago so, so we have a, we, for the last three days. It's. I think. I think Anthony sets this up really well here, kind of setting up Bink at the beginning and kind of his troubled head. Yeah, he's your he's your put upon character, your usual put upon character that we're supposed to identify with as as youths who don't fit in and are going through the changes. And it's even um, really brought out here towards the end of this chapter. I love this awkwardness about how he sowed his wild oats. Oh. Yeah, this was uh, this really was, weird, right? Yeah, I, that he planted in his youth. He's, he's growing a sex doll. Out of that. <laughs> yeah, you sow it at his midnight. His mom is just pissed. You but, sow it at midnight. You but, water it with urine, but not. He's she's not mad that he's doing it. She's mad because his dad tried yep. to do it. Yep. <laughs> this is amazing. It's, it's so got, funny. Well, it's so funny. It's a great and it's a great father son conversation yep. too, where it's like, okay, so. Uh, <laughs> It's great at first. Um, yeah. yeah, so I did this too. and uh, <laughs> But later on, I met your mother. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. a woman with brains is better than a sex doll. <laughs> <laughs> yes! that's what is, If you're going to take something away from this book or this podcast, it's that a woman with brains is better than a sex doll. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
<laughs> Where they within the entire universe that is Dungeons and Dweebs. Take that with you. Take that. <laughs> there is your little nugget of information right there. It's a very valuable nugget. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so he gets in trouble for that. Uh, he also has. Uh, he spends. He uh, kind of takes a book out of all the hipsters in California and spends a lot of time in Joshua Tree or Ju- Justin Tree. His friend is a tree. Justin is a tree. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, so Justin is a tree because he was transformed that way by the evil magician Trent like yes. twenty years ago. Which is <laughs> which the is evil up magician that? Trent. Like <laughs> no, the warlord Todd. It's like, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> But that, I find all this endearing. That's what I like about oh, this. I'm just, I, I'm just yeah. laughing. I, well, that's what, but I agree. But that's what is funny because it's on the nose. You don't name an evil magician Trent, yeah. right? No. That's what makes it hilarious yeah. to me. <laughs> I will say, uh, Shannon, who was on the show at one point, made a wonderful comment on Facebook all about how Trent is basically Gloria Lockhart. Or what, who's the guy from Harry Potter? Lockhart. Uh, I'm blanking. It's, on lo- it's uh, Lockhart. Lockhart. I'm yeah. Lockhart. Gilderoy. Gilderoy. Gilderoy Lockhart. Lockhart. He's yeah. played by Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's all. That's all. Nailed that was, it. So Shannon, yeah. actually, thank you because that was the inspiration for my portion of the intro. Right. <laughs> but again, instantly, I like this uh, this character of Bink and Eric, uh, who the reason we're doing this book uh, on Facebook said, yeah, he, he kind of agrees with us about the character of Bink. He says, I think just the general feeling of being able to escape mundania while I was reading these books it helped me through a rough childhood. The writing style, the humor, the good characters—they make a great combo. As a kid, I was a loner. I actually read Veil vale of the Vole first. Piers Anthony's Bio of an Ogre is good reading, too. It's nice to see underrated books get some more love. But, yeah, I agree. I can see as a young kid reading these, man, like, this is this is fun stuff. And it's also got that, like, naughtiness on the side. Ooh. Like, the first chapter, you got the weird, which is going to appeal to a kid, right? Like, you're oh, a yeah. 13-year-old boy, you know, dad has... Playboys in the sock drawer. Like, that's what that's a play on, is yeah. dad having a conversation about pornography with the kids, you know? <laughs> Which is always awkward and weird. Well, and the, whole, <laughs> well, the whole thing is a coming-of-age story for yeah. Bank. Yes. Even though he's 25, he's still in this society. Yeah. His mother babies him because he doesn't have magic. We have this whole thing where he saves Justin Tree, and the, yeah. the guys come around, and then he... Uh, Excuse me, the dude who does the noxious gas, like, hits him with the noxious gas, but his dad shows up and stuns him so that he doesn't mm-hmm. breathe in the noxious gas. Yeah, stuns him, and his mom can rewind time, like, five seconds, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it, was, it was a really good uh, combo. Right. And, and so he wakes up from being stunned, and he's 25 in his mother's lap, and she's going, my baby! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, God. Oh, say, God, I wish I would have died from the noxious gas. For, for a lot of the talents that we saw, a lot of the magical talents that they talk about in mm. this book, a lot of them are useless. We yeah. don't hear a lot about the import, like the good ones, which, the ones that could help. Which leads me to ask the question then. So um, I do think that... You know, sometimes in this book, a tree is just a tree, right? A Justin tree is just a Justin tree. But is uh, Piers Anthony trying to say anything more about magic with this? Is this, is magic, because you have an entire society that is in love with the trappings of magic, even though they're useless, is that an analogy for something? Oh, it's a huge analogy for the entire 60s and 70s. Yeah. We have, we have, we have either what... Pick your trope, technology, fame, anything yep. like that. All yep. this stuff that is ultimately useless. And we have our protagonist here who is 
the person who doesn't have that and therefore has to work has to work to be more beyond that because they right. don't have that innate talent or that iPhone or whatever it happens mm-hmm. to be. Right. Yeah, I think if you're like an ex-hippie reading this at the end of the 70s, you might read in, uh, you know, uh, commercialism mm-hmm. into this or Americans and their constant desire for stuff that is meaningless. Like it doesn't, like everybody wants their little mm-hmm. hoard of stuff and it's it's really all meaningless, you know, but, you know, Bink is the poor kid who can't afford anything, but everybody I, is like saying, okay, what stuff do you have? Do you have a Nintendo? Do you have a whatever? I can you also know? see how this, how throughout the entire book they talk about how with magic, people are just stagnant. They aren't trying to lazy. move forward. They're lazy. Yes. So this, without magic, it forces Bink to be strong, fast, all of those things that people with magic were kind of like, eh, who really cares? But right. it can come back and help them. And you look at the society yep. that we were, especially in America, after you know, after Vietnam, and we're go through the seventies. The me generation yeah, in the seventies, exactly. And that's yeah. exactly what this is: is this yeah. human beings are getting lazy because we have too much stuff to do the work for us, right? Yeah, that's that's what I feel that this all whereas then you're separated from this wall by this wall from uh, Mundania where people are actually in some ways more real, right? You know, they've had to survive, they're they're struggling without magic yeah. and and in a lot of ways are a more real society instead of this fake society that's in Xanth. So Bink's got about a month here till he's got his magic trial. And so he decides that he's going to go see the good magician Humphrey, which is Google <laughs> <laughs> the magical Google powers Google. of Google. I mean, let's yeah. let's be honest. We're all gonna have to give Google a year of our life eventually. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, and that's the thing is, I already Google. have his Humphrey's talent. Humphrey's magic talent is answering que- is knowledge and right. research and answering questions, and that's what he's able to do. He's actually it, throughout this, he's listed as being kind of the one person who can use mo- more than one spell. Yeah, everybody's yeah. got their one little spell. Except for Humphrey, who has knowledge, therefore he's able to go into it. He's able to use a lot of different categories in order to answer questions. Right. And like you said, Luke, he charges a year of service. Yes. Right. Yeah. Because there's really only like three great magicians in this entire book, right? Humphrey's yeah. one, Trent's the other, and Iris is the third. Well, right? and then they Storm, do talk. Storm King. Yeah, the Storm, the Storm King. King. Except for well. he's, he's he dying. He was. He's, good. Yeah, he was. They, they good. talk he's about. Past his prime. Yeah, they talk about how he's way past his prime. And mm, yeah. I mean, I think one of the first lines that Bink talks about him is he's a senile old man yeah basically right mm-hmm. right so. which i'm trying to think of like okay what political figure are they trying to go for is this carter is this jimmy carter mm-hmm. or what, what you know what, what is he you know what is he going for that, i don't know that's mean <laughs> um, uh, get on with jimmy carter i'm gonna i'm gonna make a stone <laughs> i'm a i'm a peanut farm <laughs> that, that does kind of bring us to chapter two yeah uh, talking sure. about the storm king um bink well, the, Bink starts first talking about it with Sherry, uh, yeah. the centaur lady who saves him from the big buff centaur Well, yeah, guy. He's, he's on his way, and he's walking down, and a dude steps out, a centaur, buff centaur dude steps out and says, go away! And they have yeah. the, they, they It's have, a public they, sidewalk! They have one of the most, like, English arguments. <laughs> you can't be here. This is public property. I can so. No, you can't. You just, sire. <laughs> yeah, but I like this, and this is where that weird kind of centaur 
our sexual tension comes in. Let's talk about throughout this book. Hubba, hubba. There is constant sexuality throughout this book, and oh, uh, yeah. women. So I was kind of reading around on the there's, internet. There's constant sexuality in life, man. That's true. Um, but that uh, there is a, a backlash. I was actually shocked to see how many articles are written about how sexist um, this book is and mm-hmm. this series is and uh, misogynistic and everything. Really? Um, which, okay, so there's a weird duality, I feel, even in this book, where women are constantly, a lot of times, objectified, I guess you could say, where every, it seems like a lot of the women are, you know, they're they're big-breasted, and they, they he's constantly... It's fantasy. Fur, it's fantasy. That's what it is. The guys are all ripped as well, yeah. right? And you just that's, have... That's it. an unrealistic standard of masculinity. Yeah, like, I read this one guy who was who was uh, reviewing this book and was saying how, you know, skip it, it's awful, it's it's dated, and it's, it's misogynistic, but we just have this entire thing in chapter one where when his dad was talking about women he's pretty much saying like you know yeah there's women out there that are all physical attributes but that's not what you should be going for you know he's like uh, like all physical uh uh, like a candy tree, you know, you you get tired and sick of it, yeah. you know, and so you should be searching for something deeper. I do feel there's a lot of good morality, actually, mm-hmm. in some ways being espoused well, to a young mind in this book. And I think it's something, too, like we've talked about with the other with other books we've read, and like we talked about with Air of the Empire, too. Yeah. You have to remember, it's 1977. Right. Yeah. Right. Life is dip. We can't look, and that's something that bothers me to no end that we continually are starting to do as a society right now. Yeah. You can't look at 40 years ago through the same through the same lens as, as today. nowadays yes yes it's a, it's you have to look at it kind I mean, of you, through you, that 77 I, I, lens. Th- I think you you can as like just like as as a conversation piece. yes for yes. sure yeah but we shouldn't be condemnings I mean yeah obviously talk about it and, and, and or, uh, acknowledge that right. that's not what we do anymore. <laughs> right. But it, it's also you know good to be able to look back and you, see you where, where we yeah. came you from. You can't erase history. No, it is this is a time period where right. history was not very kind to women, and mm-hmm. so they. Right. I mean, you got to talk yeah. about it. Yeah, right. where, but, where they are. And I feel that every character that is either mean to women or look or sexualizes mm-hmm. women or looks down on women. They're the bad characters. I, I, I yep. agree. Yep. I agree. And in fact, I would say Piers Anthony is probably riding a wave at the late 70s of the up and coming, you know, kind of second wave of women's rights movements, you know, for job equality and things mm-hmm. like that. I don't think he's seeing himself as this misogynistic putting down women. He's allowing them to be sexual creatures yeah. well, in his book. Which is also a very 70s thing. Yeah, well, a very what, 70s yes, thing. Yes. Where a lot of these, the people that were pushing for rights in the 70s were also, though, allowing themselves to be extremely sexual yeah. at the same time. And it's slice of life. There yeah. are people like, there are people, we, we all know somebody who's beautiful and stupid. We all know yes. somebody who's smart and maybe not that handsome. Yeah, just because uh, you have a character <laughs> who uses her sex appeal or that she's super sexy for evil means or she's stupid doesn't mean that your book is misogynistic. There are people like that out there. Just like there'll be buff, and brainless guys. And or, stuff you know. happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. I mean, that's just life. I do love as we go, or just to jump back a little bit here, before, at, right before he leaves town, the North Village. Right before yeah. he leaves the North Village, his father gives him the this is a piece of advice which I just love. The opinions of worthless people are worthless. Oh, I, oh. I love that too. Yeah, yeah. 
So anyway, so jump back in and jump back in and he's fighting with the centaur and then the centaur's girl. He's and this is another jock picking on the nerdy kid, right? Which he will play actually Chester. This Chester character will become pretty cool. He plays a big part in the second yes. book. Yes, really? Yeah, yeah, he does. Oh, okay, yeah, yes. and he's pretty cool. But it, yeah, he's taunting him and all of a sudden the, his girlfriend comes out of the woods and she's like, "Leave him alone." Right. And even Bake's like, "God darn, I'm <laughs> saved by a woman again." <laughs> and, I'm be- now I'm being mothered by a centaur yeah. lady who's about my age. Right. But the long and short of it. Is Sher- Cherry Sherry Cherry Sherry Cherry Sherry, Sherry. Sherry. <laughs> says uh, you know jump on my back I'll I'll take you you know farther faster here just get on my back and this is where I'm gonna call out this is seventy seven and then Dragonlance was written probably whatever six eight years later this is where they got the the centaur yes. bit is a nod to here because you have this weird oh, put your hands on me rump. yeah yeah because basically <laughs> you have all of this weirdness of like Bing jumping on the centaur's back going like there's not a saddle she, where, there's not a saddle but grab, you have a super super muscular stomach and really big breasts which yeah. comes out in the second book it's a weird thing in the second book that the magic of xanth makes all the women's breasts really large and buoyant like there's no no gravity that's, that's so in that, the second book that's in the second book so when the <laughs> magic goes away they all kind of droop, droop. <laughs> so, down to your knees so he, there's this weird talk about how you know he doesn't know where to grip and everything like that. So I'm, I'm, I swear to you, uh, Dragonlance, the whole centaur bit with the put my hands on me rump and the weird sexualness mm. that seemed out of place is a nod to Xanth. I do feel that Hickman wanted to capture some of the fun weirdness of Xanth and it maybe didn't. <laughs> so he score. injected it into like half a chapter. <laughs> exactly. So he's fisted, man. Ham so he's, he's like half like laying, laying down on her yeah. back and like wrapped around her stomach because he, he needs her to jump over. These chasms that have formed in the that have yeah. formed in the trail, oh, yeah. and then one of the time as they're jumping over one of the chasms, he slips a little bit and has to like grab on, and he just he's like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna die! I'm gonna <laughs> fall!" And he just he's not doing anything sexual. It's just a bit, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's exactly. a it, bit, and he ends up he ends up holding onto her breasts. Yeah, it's yeah. entirely just a good comedy. And she bit, completely right? and she completely is like, "Yeah, you're." I uh, I would have <laughs> dropped you if I thought this was if I thought you were trying. Yeah, something. like I'll buck you off, but I, I'm not. I will. Ki- I would have killed you yeah. had I thought you were trying something. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, you would have. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, we'll do it again. Um, yeah, right. Um, but uh, he realizes that he could have died uh, if he had continued traveling alone. She's taken him through some really rough, rough things. Oh, yeah. So we're finding that Xanth isn't all beautiful. I mean, Xanth has a lot of dangers to yeah, it. There's that weird. There's the weird uh, sleeping poppy field from the Wizard of Oz that they go through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they do that weird that that the tree that makes them like go to sleep, kind of. Or well, there's something that like entire that. forest where it's just like. It was a peaceful forest or something, and yeah, the magic. Uh, the magic was is it made you it made you go. Oh, this is peaceful. I should take yeah. a nap here. Yeah, and yeah. Then and you then never you, get up. And then is it this, eats you. Is this is this where the grass slowly grows up into you? Yeah, or yeah. something like that. That so, I actually felt like some of that stuff is really kind of fun and cool. And okay, well, I love stripping this story of all of its weird sexualness. I have started telling. Because my daughter, a lot of time, my younger one, wants me to tell her bedtime stories. And so I started, one night I was just like, I'll, I'll tell you the story of Bink. <laughs> <laughs> and she, 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 she grow up thinking, my dad was is so creative. Yeah. <laughs> and she comes up with these stories I in know. these worlds. And, and she, You're a fraud! She insta- I am a fraud. She instantly loved the name Bink. You know, well, she knows it's a book I'm reading. But she loved the name Bink. And I told her that. That's the first thing I told her was about how he, he met with this soldier. 
over and fell asleep under a tree and the grass started growing up into his body. And she was just sitting there just staring at me like this was the most amazing thing she'd ever heard. I followed it up with a story about the tangle tree that we'll get to. Mm. She thinks this stuff is like, it's blowing her little like creative mind. Nice. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, so thank you for that, Pierce Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I did love the advice of going through the peace forest of when you're going through the peace bring forest, or bring your enemy. Yep. Yeah. So that you always are angry. Because you can po- never be. And again, yeah, because complete peace can be destructive. Exactly. Sounds like a like like a Cat Stevens record. Pierce is <laughs> right. hell. Pierce is Pierce is just laying on the lessons here in chapters one and two. Oh, yeah. I, I get a lot of that from the this book has a lot of lessons, I think, and fairly decent ones at that. Um Don't grab a centaur's boob. <laughs> <laughs> no did. Lesson two. Yeah. Um, it's oh, weird. I want to actually. I want to talk briefly too. Yeah. Because in chapter two, they we get a little lowdown of the history. Yeah. That is kind of hidden from the different. Well, he's not really told everything in his centaur school. Otherwise, oh, that centaur the, would the be. Oh, the centaurs have their own history. Yeah. Yeah, the centaurs mm-hmm. have their own history because centaurs are known to be that smart race that right. remembers everything, and it it kind of goes to the point of you know you always have to sometimes question where you're getting your information from. You can't always look at one fact and say, hey, it's perfect. So, like in the, like we said, another nice lesson that is in right. this book of, you know... And I, I can't remember if this is where, where it's at, but they kind of go through this whole history where they talk about, like, is it 12 waves or something yep. like that? 10 to 12 waves yep. of, of people coming in, and I, I find... And Big's super proud because he's, he's a member of one of the... or his family was a member of one of the waves, and she's like, actually, that was a very destructive wave. Yeah, yeah. yeah right, right. <laughs> I'm a first waiver. Which they you, they, which they, well, they raped was, and murdered a lot. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which is of course uh, drawing uh, pictures of you know the conquest of the Americas and and things like that. Um, I like this whole building of the shield wall. Um, it's uh, actually been reading it it's right gonna, now. It's, it's going to take five billion dollars, but we're going to build that shield <laughs> well, wall. The, uh, the the Mundanians are going to pay for it. <laughs> You're right, um, but I thought it was when I was reading it. I'm like, this is even this speaks to our time uh, as well, for which is sure. Um, <laughs> We get this weird reference for the first time to Herman the Hermit, um, which is obviously there's a band called Herman's Hermits. Uh, you know, so obviously, that's not yeah, obvious. That, everybody knows that band, but that was the something know. tells me I'm into something good joke in the synopsis. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, yeah, that, <laughs> it's a very uh, famous old band. There's, there's a keyword there. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. What yes, he was doing. Okay, he was okay. doing something awful, and so he got. He's been, he's been ostracized. He's been exiled from Centaur because society. he used magic, and centaurs think magic is awful. Like yeah. that, that it's it's uh it's of the devil. They should. <laughs> they they it's taboo. It's taboo. That you shouldn't use. It's it. taboo and it's sacrilege. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's and they don't point that out right away. It it does make you kind of think like. What terrible thing could a centaur yeah. do? You know, but the curse Piers Anthony for put, calling him Hermit uh, Herman oh. the Hermit because I went right to Wikipedia. I read, the en- I, I read the entire entry on uh, on Herman's Hermits to try to find out. Like, look through their song list. I'm like, what is this a play on? <laughs> like, wh- <laughs> did the band get ostracized? Did they get kicked out of America for a while for being communist? I'm like, what? What is going on? Nothing. Nothing. nothing? I couldn't. Fi- I couldn't just, find. Decided to go with Herman the Hermit. So, no. listeners or anybody, if you know, uh, it's probably just no. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say no club, club hit it. It's just alliteration. Alliteration. Yeah, yeah. He could have been Harry the Hermit. <laughs> he probably just Henry. liked Herman's Hermits. 
Yeah. Okay. So she drops him off. We get into chapter three here. Yeah. She drops him off. The and, chasm. And he ends up chasm. <laughs> and he ends up coming up to another chasm here. Chasm. That's even. Okay. <laughs> even I don't pronounce it that way, and I and I make up a lot of pronunciations. <laughs> he finds himself in front of another. Then this one's even more gigantic. So he's like, yeah. "Oh crap! I don't know what I'm going to do." So there's he's, no heavy he's, metals he's in this deep. one, so it's not an ore chasm. <laughs> Robert. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just thought of that one. However, it is called The Gap. Uh, <laughs> the Gap. Yeah. Mind The Gap. Yeah. Um, it's a nice little gap dragon in it. But this gap, okay, now now people, have they, they avoid it, right? Because at this point, uh, it hasn't been hidden, right? Is it, No, this is, it is or hidden. Or is it he, hidden? He did not know that this gap was yeah, there. He he, th- yeah, he thought it was a, there was like a, an ignorance spell on it, so if yeah. you left, you forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like a yeah. forget-me spell. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it was forget one of those where, because And that's why a, the people in the village, neck in the village that's near it are able to yeah. remember it, is because they live near it. Yeah, he's he's yeah. got a map that is kind of leading him to Humphrey's mm-hmm. and Magic sh- And Sherry didn't know about it either. Yeah, Sherry right. didn't know. It was anybody that's near it can remember it, but the other people... No. Right. And so it, he walks it. along the edge of it because he doesn't want to go through it, so he ends up staying at a farmhouse. Yep. Because... This got the, weird. Because this the, got weird. Because these super nasty things come out at night in Zan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really bad. So, but there's some weirdness that happens at oh, this yeah, old yeah, that, farm. That's brought up in chapter one um, about how most residences have, like... Protection spells. Oh yeah, with the cactus thing uh, to protect the North Village or whatever. If you don't say the right word, oh it'll... friend, you have, to, you have to say friend. Yeah, you have to say friend. Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, this is all really well done. Yeah. yeah. So should we get to the rape trial? Well, he goes into the <laughs> farmhouse, <laughs> yeah. hangs, oh, no. hangs out with the farm family, and farm family's got a dog, and then the dog turns into a kid. The dog, <laughs> the dog human. It's a were kid, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's like a, a werewolf kid. kid. <laughs> He's okay, Dad. He smells fine. <laughs> now you're messing with a bitch. And he goes sleeps in the barn. And he's, oh, oh, well, I want to pay. Can I do some farm work or I can do some manual labor? That's what I'm good for. Okay. But the dude's like, no, actually, I'm in a trial tomorrow. You can go for me and be. And he kind of sets it up like, oh, you're going to be a juror on a trial. Yeah, yeah. He sets it up like, oh, yeah, it'll only be like an hour's work. It'll be easy. It won't be weird at all. Uh, you just show up. Right. My wife just really doesn't want me to go do this. Right. That, well, there's your warning bell right there. It turns out that this is a rape trial. But there's, it's not a rape trial. It's like a rape role-playing trial. Yeah. Because <laughs> they have three women and three guys. Yeah. Because... And uh, again, great point that he puts out here is first off, it would be devast in a village this small. Yep, it would be devastating for the woman to call out her attacker in public. Right. right. Um, and it would be devastating for the dude if it was found fa- if it was found it false. It would still ruin it his would life. Still ruin his. It would ruin both right. their lives. Yeah, so it would they- ruin both. So they yeah. get three people. They have three women and three guys, and they all answer at the same time. And the judge is the only one who knows who the real two people are. Right. No, no, or the judge might not even know. It's just the bailiff that would. Do yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, you're right. Bailiff. It's yeah, just the bailiff. It's just the, the bailiff, that, bailiff knows. that knows. So yeah, so he goes in. The bailiff explains. Just sit next to those two guys and agree with everything I say. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, and so he's sitting there. He's like, I don't know what's going on, but the chick across the table from me is pretty hot. It is super oh, yeah. Winnie, and he's kind of and he's kind of talking to, and he's kind of looking at her and he's kind of daydreaming about her and their knees are touching yeah, underneath the table. Knees. And then all of a sudden the bailiff goes, "All right, we're here for the rape. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> they, do they expect us to act this out? What's yeah. going on? <laughs> please, 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 please. <laughs> yeah, right. No, he's like no. <laughs> yeah, so we go through this rape trial about one of the women was raped by one of the guys, and the guy yeah. said he she wanted it. 
Right. Yeah. Well, she didn't say no. Uh, she did not scream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that was literally their their defense was she did not scream. Yeah. Right. That's right. it. And the judge goes, "No. Well, okay. Yeah. Done. Um, that's, that's about it. It's this is one of those things where I do think." Uh, and nowadays, you know, uh, it might read as kind of odd uh, that that this is being played with in such a in aloof manner. Yeah, kind yeah. of nonchalant, fun, nonchalant manner. Yeah, right. Um, but again, I don't know. What are your feelings on this? What are your feelings on the whole rape trial? Where does it stand in modern terminology? I think it really. It's I. It, we are again so early in the book that it is really character building yeah. for us as readers. Right. It's Anthony building Bink as a character, mm-hmm. building him as a decent guy who's not really okay with all of this, and he he feels horrible for whichever one of these three women got raped. He hope it's not he hopes it's not Winnie Cooper in front of him. Yeah, uh, <laughs> right, because that's who I picture. I love that. Uh, that's funny. Win yeah. uh, Win Duffy. Win, and so. It goes through. We get through the trial. He goes up to the bailiff after. He's like, uh, how do you get across the gap? Yeah. The bailiff goes, oh, well, I'll, I'll have a guy take it. He calls Win over, and the beautiful girl comes over. And, take Bink to the way across the gap. Watch right. out. There's a dragon. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and so they as they start off, and she's dumber than a box of rocks. Yeah. Oh, idiot. yeah. <laughs> and wanting to unbuckle that blouse all she, the time. Yeah, yeah, she, any, you any, want payment? <laughs> no! <laughs> no! No, 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 no. And again, no, no, character no, no, no. building for us looking at Bink because Bink's not the type of guy who would be he's like, gonna take, he's right. not going to take advantage of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, this is showing Bink's morals. He's saying, I'm right. not going to do that. That'd be wrong. And going even wrong. back to the morality of what we just talked about with this whole rape trial, again, I think a lot of things you can take as being like callously playing with things, or you could look at it from a flip. Like, there's no morality being applied to that, whether what the village is doing is correct or incorrect. It's just what's happening in yeah. that village. Yes. Whether was, it's right or wrong. Was, or, it, was it a weird way to go through a rape trial? Yes. Yeah. But, uh, but it, it's just how the village handles I, it. I think that you could say that it might even be Pierce Anthony common his commentary on women's movements in the 70s and not being taken seriously right like it's maybe yeah. he's sending up a farcical image of this rape trial in a lot of ways I don't know you can take it I think many ways you know so mm-hmm. listeners what do you think <laughs> post a comment let us know no tell nobody post posting on <laughs> Facebook <laughs> So what I think about the rape trial is <laughs> <laughs> the ahem trial. Yeah, uh, Facebook has closed your account. What? Yeah, what are you talking about? You seem to have a discussion about rape. <laughs> um, well, let's get to this gap dragon. Uh, the, so they get down there, and she keeps trying to unbutton the unbutton herself, and she and he's like, "No, no, just 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 take me across the gap. Right. So, gap, you want to see the gap? No, take th- that gap." So I think something really bizarre is going on here, and weird, and I I kind of love it because I'm weird like that. But yeah. uh, this is our first major climax of the book. Yikes! He has built in all this weird sexual tension up to this point, and this is a really weird battle slash orgasm. That happens right here. 
<laughs> this dragon is described very weirdly. Okay, yeah. it's it's soft. It doesn't have sharp scale or, or uh, sharp scales, so it doesn't slow down the velocity. Right? It's very um, smooth. It's very it smooth. Slide. There's, it's all, all, it's sliding all, all over the place and going back in on itself and stuff. And even at one point, like Bink gets sprayed down by like some sort of gooey substance from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He a, finds uh, out it's not a fire dragon; it's just a mist dragon or something yeah, like that. Or right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. Yeah, and even especially I think, and it really kind of comes out then when he chases Bink down this hole, and the way it's described. Trying to get into this <laughs> hole. <laughs> like, what is going on? So, yeah, I think uh, I think this first climax is indeed a climax. In the Yikes. Book. Yeah. It <laughs> so he chases Bank down a hole. Win is just run off. Why, why, why did just, nobody join me on that one? Because I, I don't alone on that one. I don't because I'm not, I'm not comfortable right now. <laughs> I agree. It, it's, yeah. it, it's there. You yeah. can't deny it. I, I, I think The description, so. all of those things, you just kind of have to go with, well, this is a little weird. Well, <laughs> well, well this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's the, like, oh, well, all right. Well, Bink was playing with his dragon when when got away. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. And she ran off. Once again, it does it does show Bink's morals when he made sure that he got, that she got away. He, yeah. He came back and was like, no, you leave, you leave, come on. Yeah, because yeah. he told her to run and she ran the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. she ran the wrong way and he's like oh crap well and to top it all off Bink has his like cigarette smoking scene afterwards like in the end like it's all done <laughs> and he's like in this dark place and he's just yeah. kind of shaking yeah. like he's it says he's shuddering <laughs> it's cold in the hole <laughs> <laughs> and he starts contemplating existence. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. What just happened? Well, because he can't move because the dragon's outside waiting for him to move so that the dragon can try to find him. Yep. And so he's There's a lot he going on. Move. This is a very it's, Freudian it's chapter. Regret, this is a very Freudian phase where he's just like, man, what did I just do? What did I just what do? What did I just do? How do I get the out of here? The girl just ran away, but somehow the I... dragon still got drained of its fire. <laughs> How, how do I get out of here without waking the dragon up? Oh god! Oh god! Oh <laughs> and like, god. like usually, what would happen in a night like this, where the girl has left and you're feeling bad about what just happened in this whole climax scenario, the night demons come out, the shades come out and start to haunt you. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? What am I doing with my life? Nah, it's just Donald. <laughs> well, and this and thing is really weird too. I love he wants this. To this come into his body. I love this I, description of the shade because a shade is a dead. It's, it's a ghost. It's a dead. Yeah. It's a dead person who has something to do. Yeah. Um. And it could be bad. It could be good. Yeah. Um. And they can take. They can take you over. They can possess you. You're supposed to walk away. Which yeah. is which. This is the first groaner pun that I yeah. had. Pulling the shade made me groan. I didn't yeah. like. Yes. Because if you walk away from the area, you yeah, pull the yeah, shade. Yeah. And the yeah. Shade gets pulled yeah. Back. I, and I'm I'm okay with the puns actually. I'm not a groaner on most of these puns if if they're if they make me chuckle. That one was like. But Bing can't move. He's trapped. He can't move because if he moves, the dragon will know where he is and get him. Right. Um, but if he just lays here, the shade will get him, and then the shade starts talking to him. Yes. Hi, my name's Donald. Um, <laughs> in, I'm not a bad guy. I, I was a prospector. Uh. And, well, <laughs> and there is a thing is even Bing thinks about this. He's like, well, he could be lying to me. Yeah. yeah, he could be lying to me because shades have been known to take over people and not go get their stuff done so they can dissipate. They just go start committing crimes as the new person. Right, right, right. 
Yeah, which actually be the way he's warned about the, or he he lets us know as readers all this stuff about shades. I'm actually surprised when he allows it to happen. Mm. I wasn't expecting him to allow. I was expecting well, some sort of fight. There is a lot of like uh, being possessed by a shade can be a fate worse than death. Yeah. Yep. And he just kind of is like, own, you can still witness everything going on as when you're being possessed. And Dink is just like, I okay, I believe you. I think it Go takes it takes a while though for yeah. him to finally. I mean, he resists him once, he moves once, which then ticks the dragon off. Right. So it's one of those where he does still resist until finally he he's reached the point where well, either I die by you if you're lying to me. That's an if, or I for sure die by the dragon. Well, and Big's the kind yeah. of guy where I will take the chance that you're lying to me. Yeah. Right. I, in order to do a good deed, I will take the chance that you're lying to me. That right. you're not going to do it because it's the right thing to do. Right. Um, so they fly out of the gap. Because Donald's, because Donald's talent when he was alive was flying. Yeah, which, which would so. be amazing to have. One of the one of the best yes. in magic. And so yes. they're able to yes. Superman out of the gap because evidently when you possess somebody as a shade, they get your talent. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's so Bink I'm, for the first time feels what it's like to have magical powers. Yeah. And I, you know, I actually think the end of this chapter is is really sweet. Yeah. Uh, that that um, he the farmer is seeing his wife for the last time. Doesn't try to maintain control of Bink's body to selfishly live with his wife again. Yeah. Yeah. Just wants to kiss her once. And what I think is cool is Bink knows that the wife is very plain and not good looking, but mm-hmm. then sees her through. The shades, the, the shades, shades eyes, eyes, and she is beautiful. Yeah, and I, I do find that very. This is a very sweet moment. L- here, listen actually. to me, wife. I, I have died, but I have hidden, buried treasure somewhere. Yeah. take out life insurance on me and live your life. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever goes on there. <laughs> well, yeah, and then so she knows now where the silver tree is. Yeah, and right. So she they kiss, and that allows Donald to like. Pfft, out of here. Yeah, yep. that's his and last moment. So yeah, his last moment is the kiss, and so Remarry, Bink comes. Bink be come, happy. Yes, Bink comes back into his body, kissing the other dude's wife, and he's like, "Whoa!" Um. And then she looks him over and goes, "Oh, Donald's not here anymore. We have a silver tree. What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> he told me to remarry. Uh, no, no. Um, don't. And and it is an interesting little bit here too about. Don't tell the kid about this because it'll just confuse it. Yeah, I, right, I really right. liked that part. And I liked mm-hmm. how, like, at the that very end where the the kid, uh, his magical power was, like, dust, what was Dust it? devils. Dust mm-hmm. devils. Yeah. Where, I like that where the kid, like, tries to sh- throw dust devils at Bink yeah, as he's yeah, leaving. Yeah. And Bink's like, eh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do like this. Ah, stop. So, chapter four, Illusion. Ooh. Yeah. Bink gets back on his journey here, but he's he's gone the wrong way. He's like, In yeah. order to help Donald, he has gone the wrong way from where he needs to go to get to Humphrey's castle, and he catches a cold. Yeah, so basically... He's at least on the other side of the gap, though. So we no, he's, back home. no, he's no. on the wrong side of the gap. Is still. he still on the wrong yeah. side? Yeah. But so he decides to go by sea this time. Yep. He, gets to the, oh. he gets to the the one ocean is, here. One by gap, two with by sea. <laughs> however, <laughs> however that goes. Um, so, but as he tries to cross this thing, he's attacked by a sea monster and loses consciousness. Well, and, and this is kind of neat, too, because we go into this whole, like, mirage oasis thing where he thinks he's walking along the beach and then all of a sudden he's swimming. Because he fell off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it shows, once again, the power of some of the creatures in Xanth, where it's just one of those where he goes immediately, oh, crap, this is a sea monster. Right. They create that nice beach. You run across it when, in reality, you've been swimming for the last mm-hmm. half a mile or something. 
Okay, so can we talk about this this thing that I, I had a lot of trouble with? Um, mainly, and it's only my own personal problem. Yeah. You didn't like Trent. Iris uh, is the name of my wife's aunt. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 I know no one named Iris. <laughs> and so, so is your wife's aunt uh, manipulative? Does she like? Does she well, and it's a great. Does she like yeah. to put on? My wife's aunt was, who has now passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, Rip. it's okay. Uh, but is was a she's here. The lake is washed. <laughs> was a was a very large lake. <laughs> well, I love the play. I love the play here too because um, it talks about Iris liking Iris as, as the flower, but yes. she is the sorceress of illusion, and her name is Iris, which yep. is a part of your eye. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I like. I like. That. Again, I, there is. I think uh, if if you like this style, you know, this is not going to be a book for everybody. But there's a, it's kind of smart. Like it, it, it's it, very it, intelligent. You know, it's yeah. Um, it's not going to be uh, for for everybody. But what he's doing is really intelligent stuff. I mm. think in this first book, anyway. Um, I thought I thought Iris was going to be a dude. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> you thought Iris was just catfishing him? Yeah. Catfishing away yeah. and seeing what came back? There's a few Irises on Tinder. Yeah. But he yeah. tips he tips his hand very early that she is not going to be good because she even says, come into my parlor. And they even play with it. Like, you know, oh, yeah. like, oh, well, yeah. Well, and he's so on the biter to the fly. Well, and it starts off and they're on this yacht and yeah. it's there's all kinds of people running around. And she's like, oh, and he, Bink's like, oh, he's got a bunch of service. None of the people like talk to him or even pay any attention yeah. to no, him. No, she still does everything. Yeah. That's that's the thing yeah. that he, he even points out is it's one of those where this is an awesome yacht, yet she she is command, but she's still, you know, she's still trying things. She's still yeah. doing mm-hmm. things. It's all illusion, like a Disney cruise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on here? Uh, come into my parlor. Uh, so she never trust Mickey. Never so trust we, Mickey. She's, the, she's the queen of illusion, right? Yes. Like, I mean, we can just say it. Uh, she has the ability to just create uh, illusions, and she needs a man. Yes. Bad. Yes. And Bink is that man. So he, she does bring him into the parlor, and then starts bamfing into all kinds of. Do you like this? Yeah, like this. Bink, Bink's a better man than I. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sign me up. Well, the oh whole thing is, she is, I agree. she is a magician. She's magician caliber. She yeah. is one of she is one of the few magicians here, but she can't quote unquote rule Xanth because in the rule of rules of Xanth, it has to be a king, king. not yeah. a queen yeah. that rules. So, so like, she, you can just be the figurehead. I'll be the power behind. And the you may keep your Sabrina as a concubine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 perfect offer. Yeah, you I'll be whatever you want. You keep the other girl. It's yeah. fine. I'll just even, tell you what to do. He, he, she even tells him, "I can be the other girl for you if you want." <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's like, "I don't." And he does think about it for a minute. We do have that beat where he's oh, like, yeah. "I was reading I it going, to, so what's the downside?" Yeah. <laughs> I get to Hold stay on, here. Downside. I get to stay um, in Xanth. I'd still be with Sabrina. With Sabrina. <laughs> I don't think Sabrina's going to go for this. Yeah. <laughs> Some sort of high-minded morality is the only yeah, thing that's yeah, <laughs> Definitely has some morals good on that you, I don't Good on you, Bink. Way to go, Bink. <laughs> and, yeah. and she even is perfectly honest that she is, all of this is illusion. Mm. And, like, she brings out, like, yeah. the steak and lobster. Yeah. And, and he goes, well, what is it really? And she, like, bamps it away, and it's like a plate of rice. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've got 18 yeah. bags of rice in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. But he decides it's better to have his dignity. Uh, so nope, <laughs> nope, nope. So again, I, I think right that the theme of this chapter is reality versus illusion, and uh, Iris offers Bink everything that he could desire, but 
uh, it is in reality all just an illusion. There, it is kind of weird when she's bamfing through the "Do you like this? Do you like this? Do you like this?" Yeah, yeah. and she it's... bamps into a fourteen-year-old. Yeah, that, <laughs> do you like them a little younger? Yeah, we were talking about this off-air about how uh, Luke and I were. Or I was talking to Luke about this about how there was this weird kind of sixties and the seventies like Kiss had a song like the weird. 16-year-old girls yeah. and, like, yeah. young girls singing about them and writing about them in, in novels. Total was Eclipse like, of the Heart. To- watch the watch the uh, video. It's creepy. She wants, like, a 12-year-old. Yes, yeah, Sting with, oh, yeah. you know, uh, Don't Stand So Close to Me. She's only 17. Yeah, yeah, it's kind Lo- of... The, Lolita. Yeah, kind <laughs> of all of these. There, there was this, I think, kind of 70s. I don't know. I guess it was still... Okay, <laughs> for that to be a thing, it's not. No, but it's not. It's, not. <laughs> it's just not. So it's yeah, just I agree. Weird. Yeah, so yeah, part- you kind of skip over those parts. So they participate yeah. in a little shape play. And <laughs> shape play. <laughs> uh, and Bing won't do it. So then he's like, "Well, I'm, I'm gonna go." Iris reminds. I kept getting from Iris this this feeling of like a kind of a washed up Hollywood actress. Yeah, and so yeah, yes. is what I was feeling from her. Yes. Yeah, and especially when she reveals like she she is like her illusion is just her making herself. I think like twenty years younger. She's just a chick in her forties. Like there's, yeah. there's nothing like wrong with her no, at all. Yeah. No, no. But she has chosen to, be, or she wants to be something she is not. Mm. Like, I feel like the analogy to modern day, like, what I think of is, like, people who constantly pursue plastic surgery yep. or something, and, they're, you know, they just look like this awful mannequin Ugh. in a lot of ways. But, yeah, and yep. just keep pursuing it, you know, to, to have this illusion of youth. Um, <laughs> when, when, except <laughs> but instead reality, of accepting just, the value of who they are. Well, that's yeah. a very 70s ideal, though. Oh, yeah. When you look at it, you know, oh, well, you know, you're too old to play this part. Um, mm-hmm. So, And... You know, especially when you look at like Hollywood and things like that, um, from even even to now. I was gonna say it's go, now. You, you it's go, still now. You go through that stage of playing like the high school girl, and then you do the rom coms, and then all of a sudden your mom yep. in the same yep. movies that you used to play. Yeah, rom coms. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's very rare, and they still get awards for them. But really, you're even actors and actresses that that you grow up with or whatever, they really start hitting fifty, and they kind of fall off the planet. You know what I'm saying? Like any hey, art, Clint Eastwood is still going. It's strong. true. It's true. I, that's what I'm saying. Is that they pop up from time to time, yeah. but really the the it people are in your 20s to 30s, and then you start just phasing out. Oh, and I really think that. that's what he's playing with here. I is, think is, so. Is that idea, and you do get that 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 feeling of, um, you know, like arsenic and old lace or something like that, where the the young guy comes to the door and she's still in like the Oscar gown. <laughs> from forty years ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. I used to be beautiful. People used to love me. Yeah, whatever <laughs> happened to Baby Jane or whatever, like all that kind mm-hmm. of. It's just, it's, it's yeah. Um, so Bink leaves. She throws a temper tantrum. Can we uh, talk about how Bink leaves? He's still. He's like wearing her panties. Or well, something. yeah. yeah, after, yeah after, after oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot that was, about that. That was hilarious because he. Well, he goes in and he's got to take his wet clothes off, so she has a uniform there for him, and he puts yeah. on this yeah. This, yeah. this happy little oh. u- this happy little like butler <laughs> outfit uniform or whatever. <laughs> and then as he's leaving and the illusion fades, he's wearing like he's wearing like a half tea and panties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he ends up he ends up turning around and, and going like, gets, no, he no, gets, I'm not going out. I'm, I gotta go back and get these things. Yeah, he gets down to the boat and he's like, I'm not going out like this. I gotta yeah, go back. Yeah. The crop tops are in right now. Um, <laughs> and he looks back and she's like this overweight forty year old woman wearing like one of those negligees that like has no 
nothing covering her breasts, so they're just like hanging up. Come back! Come back! And, and he has to. Uh, I always a, picture again, like in Grandma's house coat. Too. A, again, <laughs> Bink is backtracking. Yeah. Um, to go back and get his uh, salty clothes, and she's like, "Oh, you changed your mind." <laughs> nope, no, no, no. no. He goes. No, he goes not. in the bathroom and realizes that there was no shower. So it was her. It was her with a bucket pouring yep. over his head. <laughs> yeah. I, I love his realizations of all the different things. There's no toilet. It was literally just a hole in the yep. hole. Yeah. And just everything as you're going through, you kind of are laughing. Yep. It's, yeah. And I it's wonder good. sometimes, was he trying to lampoon in some ways uh, politicians, you know, at the time too? Or, you know, people who are on, on top and are into all the trappings of having power and money. It could be politicians, Hollywood yeah. actors but, but the, Inside, they're, 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 they're yeah. vapid. There's nothing yeah. to... It's all an illusion. Yeah. You know, you're going to have power. this fantastic house and everything, but you're still the person who's got coke so far up your nose yeah. that you've <laughs> right. got no idea where you're That's at. That's what I think you it is. Put, does, does it, isn't there a comment made in here about putting lipstick on a pig? Too? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel he's lampooning the illusion of the rich and, and privileged oh, classes definitely. that when you get behind the scenes that, yeah, they're... It's just a ugly forty-year-old <laughs> yep. pouring water out of a can, <laughs> <laughs> pooping in a hole, pooping in a hole. It's all the same, right? Yeah, I like this. Um, so he ends up musing on the current ruler of Xanth and his ineffectiveness. Um, that both anarchy and might make makes right are ways of the past. Yeah, and, um, so. and again, we're going into some. So, and I'm okay here. We we have talked a lot about in previous podcasts about how we hate Senate scenes and mm-hmm. politics stuff. Yeah. I'm okay with the way that An- that that Piers Anthony here uh, kind of just sprinkles it in. Yeah, yeah, and it does give you that feeling of you know, what else do you do when you're rowing or when you're rowing from Alcatraz? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you think ponder. about stuff. You're, you're pondering. pondering things. You're yes. still moving, but he's still got the characters yeah. moving. Yeah, it just happens to, and it gives Bink, I think, a real human and a real, real person. And even, and even later on in the book, when like the exile, all those things, it's it's nice right. to see that little bit of like. They kind of show the king kind of going like, oh, yay, you're kind of making a storm, but you don't. Mm. It shows his ineffectiveness as a ruler. I want to throw this out here now while I'm thinking about it, because having just read the second and third book, in the second book, I do feel he had never intended on writing more than just this first one, and then it did well, and they just started to keep writing. He kept writing more, and now it's gone to 42. But the second book is not, I don't think, as well written as this one, because this, like you said, he's rowing across the lake, this is the time for some really kind of cool musings about things. Yep. In in the second book, he takes a lot of more of the time for like pages of while they're in a fight, describing how magic is playing off of magic, and it actually gets really boring. Oh, and see, I love I love Castle Rogana. No, I, I, no, that's the one that's good. That's the third one. That's the third that's one. That's the third one. That one is... Oh, second one is, one is Source of Magic. Source of Magic, which has some great ideas of what, what the Source of Magic is, but I think it gets a little long in the tooth on something. But yeah, I, I was just thinking about that now when we were re- talking about... Your so um, so we continue with Chapter 5. Yeah. Um, spring. Uh, I love these descriptions as he goes through here about you know some of the magical... Uh, Abilities and some of the magical things that have evolved mm-hmm. in Xanth. Mm. Like he goes to cut a new staff from a tree, and the, the tree like moves away from the knife. Right. Yeah, as mm-hmm. he tries to cut it because it's learned that when somebody co- it, it's learned that it can be cut and that hurts. So right. the tree even moves. Right. But he comes upon a wounded soldier, right? That requires medicine. That Cromley. Cr- yeah, Cromley. 
Um, but acting on the advice of a wooden nymph, he locates the spring of life, who nice. waters restore health. So he, he goes can to we, it. Can we talk about the, the trade you have to have for that, with the spring of life? Yeah. Would the, you guys do it? Because the trade is, if you take the spring of life, you take and you drink it, it heals you, everything... But then you have to work for the best interest of that spring. Of the spring. Well, you can't work against the interest Yeah, you can't of work against yeah. it. Would you guys take that, do you think? If I'm out in the middle of nowhere where I've never been before, I'm probably never going back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not saying that, because it, the, whole, the whole pact, if you will, here is that you won't interfere or do bad things for the stream. Right. It's not that you have to actively work to do good things for the stream. Yeah, yeah. You just, just don't have fear. to do bad yeah. things for well, the stream. Well, and this is the place where I think that his play on like using his world of Xanth to talk about the real world is the most thinly veiled. Because you have it's 1977. You have um, uh, television evan- televangelists are a really big up and coming thing in the religious movement. This is totally a play on Christianity and politics, right? You're he even talking about drinking from the 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 spring. This is this is this is Christianity, right? And that once you would accept to become a religious person, then you are saved. You are healed, right? Mm-hmm. But then you are forever beholden to the tenets of the church, right? Okay, you know. Yeah, so he does the he does do the musing here about. Oh, maybe maybe this water would help the king. But the king should not drink but from the, this. Correct, because we don't want the king to be to have to be controlled or to have to look out the best interests of the street. Right, yeah. which is again a play on the the merger of religion and politics. Like then, should you have a strongly religious leader, right? Because that leader would be beholden to, to the source, to the, to the source, to the stream. Would have to go back and say, you know, am right. I doing, so, uh, am I doing this, the right thing? Yeah, right? this one to me was all very, very thinly veiled, uh, what what was being talked about here. So but he, I found it cool. So oh. Big, no, takes, I agree. Big takes yep. a drink himself, uh, brings it back to Crombie, uh, heals Crombie, Yep. Heals the soldier and cut and looks down and goes, "Holy crap, my fingers back!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, he got I like, dude, this was another thing where Bink goes, "I do not want to be beholden to something, so take it back." He he yeah. does talk to the spring. Yeah, the spring says because the spring is Christ. He yeah. says, "All who imbibes of me may not act against my interest on pain of forfeiture of all that I bring him." And it, it does. <laughs> I think this gives us a little hint of Bink's. Of something that the Bink's power. Right. Just this because Bink says no. He says take it back and nothing happens to him. Yeah, right. You know, the finger doesn't disappear. Which like that. Curious cold? Yeah. Which again, I I think I'm I'm still going with this very high-minded, this is religious metaphor. Mm. Yeah, Uh, I agree. Is this this idea. Pierce is actually, who has come out has said he sees himself as agnostic, but he leans towards the atheistic side. But I think he's giving a a pretty even hand in some ways to religion where he's saying, yeah, there's healing in this spring. And in fact, it's in some ways free. Like you take Mm. it. Even if you're like, you know, against it, he doesn't demonize this spring mm-hmm. or like what what would be a very easy thing to do is say, yeah, this this spring in my fantasy novel is is religion. It is Christ. And I'm going to lampoon it. No, it no. just exists. Yeah. And, and it heals you. And there is healing there. And excellent points about why, why, why the leader of a country should not be a spring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, or drink from the spring. Yeah, or or, or, or that religion that shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Yes, for sure. Or a single U-S-A. religion. U S A. Right. So, um, Crombie's healed, and Crombie essentially says, um, 
yeah, dude, I owe you. I would have died. I got into a fight, and I, I, I got into a fight, and I was essentially he's talking about being stabbed in the back, right? Yeah, and thrown here from somewhere else in Xanth. Yeah, he just got shanked and thrown, dropped here. Well, and if there is somebody who's misogynistic, Crumb, he is. Crumb oh is yes, like, I love women. I love to use them, and they'll all stab you in the back. But I hate them. <laughs> but I hate. I love them. <laughs> but I hate them. But yeah. he's also supposed to be. He he's also. He's supposed to be that guy because yeah. that's part of his arc is going to be his changing of opinions. Yeah, right, yeah. right. That like women, they'll just get their your, their hooks into you. Can and we, all that can we talk? Of. His power too is a great power for a soldier. Yeah, just the well, yeah. point out danger and like or point to right. anything he asks himself. And is to used point to. is used a lot in the second book. Yeah, it is really? a very cool okay. power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and Big even asks, "Well, how did you get st- attacked?" I wasn't asking my power. I didn't ask my power to point this out to me, so it didn't point it. It's not something that's going to automatically work. He has to consciously it's not, point It's not really it. a passive ability. It's more one that has to be activated. Right. Well, yes. It's, well, you know, and what's really weird, I think... There's a cooldown of like five seconds. <laughs> Pierce has created this world that has a lot balance. of magic in it. He's really good at holding to his weird rules. Yes. yes. Like, he creates a just... Uh, a maze of magical rules. Like if you were DMing Zam, is there a is there a role playing game for Zam? I don't think there is. I don't know, but I think I've looked really up. Hard. I've looked up Zam game, and I think there's only the board game from Mayfair. But um, but I can't imagine trying to DM this. There'd be so much to keep straight. But he does a great job of kind of setting up really cool plays mm-hmm. with his yeah because the magic, magic powers are so specific yeah you know it's you can't but he keeps them conscious all the time oh yeah and they'll they'll come into play when there's fights or anything else going a on a tangle tree is a tangle tree is a tangle tree yeah there might be some variations between them well and we have the it. and we have this point too where Crombie goes here I'll even use it for you see uh, where's Bink's greatest danger and he points off into the woods well let's go see we can't you don't you don't get away from danger by running yeah. away from it. Bink's like <laughs> But, um, but I know <laughs> I'm, I'm headed this way. I'm headed the other way anyway. Oh yeah. come on, let's do this. Well, we better go look. And he stomps off into the woods. At which point we get to meet girl next door, D. Yeah, I, and I like little D. Everyone and, likes D. And that's and that's really what D is. Is D is your typical girl next door? Yes, yes, yep. she is. Meeting, you know, she she she's not ugly. She's not she's not phenomenally beautiful. She's just kind of that middle ground girl next door. Middle ground girl next door, intelligence. And then the and then the Technicolor hailstorm comes. Ah, yes. This is where I feel he might have been uh, tripping on a little bit of uh, acid. <laughs> he might have had a little bit of fun during the seventies when he. Wrote this part of just the Technicolor. Could have been. Yeah. Crombie just keeps going off about women, and even (laughs) Dee's just looking at him going, Really? Yeah. Really? I'm right here. Yep. And so we get to the Technicolor Hailstorm. That's your Well, and and, and he does call it out because he gets dust in his eyes and he even sees Crombie as a troll for a little bit. Like he is like, Well, you're kind of ugly, man. I I like the idea of Technicolor Hail. Yeah. And so they have to find find shelter Shelter. until the storm blows over. And so Crombie points out the safest place to go, and it's a tangle tree. And they're like, "No, no, that that's a tree that eats people. That'll yeah. kill us." No and then, please, they, and no then they look, and then they look over, and all of a sudden we're in the hundred acre wood, and yeah. there's a dead heffalo. This is the weird. Yep. This is his weird version of the Whomping Willow or yep. whatever. Uh, but the, I like, well, okay. I like this. 
Yeah. Rolling stole it. Uh, I guess <laughs> like oh, everything else. Yeah. <laughs> well, she yeah, her books were good, but uh, yeah, oh, yeah, a lot of borrowing. Yeah, wait- there's nothing new. I'm, I'm waiting for Pooh and Tigger and the gang to show up <laughs> <laughs> because a heffalump. Oh bother, Christopher Robin. A heffalump is from the Winnie yes. the Pooh book. Really? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. I, that uh, it pulled me out oh. of the store really bad. Oh, did it? I, yeah. I, um, is not, there not, is no, nothing from there. There is no official Xanth RPG. People really? have made their own. Their own, probably for D anD D or what? What have you? Okay, I, I could not find anything. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. Huh. Nothing. Nothing. Okay, so they hide. Yeah, I, I had to look up. Is Heffalump show up anywhere else? Nope. Just A A Mill. Oh, <laughs> that's it. D D gets all t- D gets all ticked off at Karami's uh, masonistic machinations, <laughs> and uh, I do like that. Say that five times fast. Yeah, <laughs> and runs out into the storm. Bigs like, oh, you can't do that. Runs out after, promptly falls on his ass. <laughs> yep, yep. Just yep. tripped up and. And this is the part where you were talking about where Cromley's like trying to drag him in, but he sees it. He he's like he's got. Hail in his eyes, so he can't see right. He thinks yeah. he's being attacked. Right. Yep. This is this is all kind of cool, right? Um, but yeah, this the, is a nice little just addition to the story, and it right. it gives Bink a little bit of training too. Then it makes right. him not so much uh, worthless guy who can't really do much well, other than run. Yeah, and and, and this is the and he, he gets Crombie on. So we. The storm ends. They head. They keep heading to the castle, and he yep. get Bink gets Crombie. Hey, you're a soldier guy. Can you teach me some throws? <laughs> Which I yeah. Which Training is what montage. this is exactly what you do if you had a soldier. That's the first thing you'd be asking. Yeah. How do you kill people? Yeah. Show me some. Yeah. <laughs> Show me some ways real quick. I'm I'm sitting here in this godforsaken place. And we don't see D again. D's just gone. Nope, gone again. And, but it's sets, it, But this is a nice quick little drop to set up. Other stuff that we find out. Well, we'll talk. About. We can talk about it at any time. Yeah, because this is chameleon. First, first, first of all, Crombie, uh, what what is the purpose of a rubber duck? <laughs> yeah, you. We. I think we are all missing this reference. Yeah, what's cool Harry about? Potter? <laughs> Actually. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Oh really? Huh. Interesting. What? I'm, I am. I have no idea what part that's in. That's all you're getting. <laughs> well, now I have to read Harry Potter. Now you gotta read it all again for the rubber duck reference. So we I end, don't know. We, we, we end chapter five. As we're they're within the site of the magician's castle, and Crombie and oh, Bink part ways, so there they are. Chapter six The Magician. I love Magip. The Horse Mermaid. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, I, I actually like what happens in the castle uh, a little bit more. But yeah, the horse mermaid. But cool. the, the the fact that not only do you have to find this castle, which keeps moving and the trails keep like going other places magically. Yeah. But once you find the castle, you can't just walk up and knock on no, the door. Yeah. You have to go through your trial. Yeah. It is it is yeah. constantly being guarded by whatever. Something's always in the moat that is beholden to Humphrey. Something's always outside the gate. The gate you can't get through without figuring out how to get through the gate. There's always something on the other side of the gate. So yeah, we have this weird dolphin who at this point is is who is in the moat uh, mm. guarding it. Right? Yeah. This and it's, like, it's like a horse. <laughs> it's half horse, half dolphin. Yeah. A seahorse. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, it was, it was, it was just weird. <laughs> and it's got a saddle. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. So Bink, Bink, Bink hops on the saddle, but the th- he's got to wear the thing down before it actually brings him to the other side of the moat. So he's just whipping around the moat. Yeah. This, this would be a great he, picture in a movie where he's just yeah. whipping around the moat. On the you know, buddy, he's yeah. just taking that seahorse out for a rip, buddy. He's yeah. just letting her fly. Yeah, you, hey, you bring you know, it up wanna... as a movie. This has been optioned many times, and nobody has ever made it into one. But I, I, I see PG, studio, I would be so studios, expensive. I think, would be so scared. I think they want to and don't want to at the same time. Because mm-hmm. that's what I'm I would think this is hilarious. Like, if done right, this could be really a lot of fun. Check this, check this out. I'm going to hop in my studio here. I'm going to whip a couple of shitties, bud. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't imagine going up to a bunch of executives and being like, so, and there's, I, like, nickel peds, and we got, like, like... I think it's honestly the same thing. The bad guy's name is Trent. John, <laughs> John Carter of Mars. Yes. Great book. The movie I enjoyed, I thought it was good, but it flopped. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. one of those where it's it like has I scared think, them off. And I, I, I think there's been a lot of look at. I think it was released at a bad time, and there was yeah. Yeah, people don't know John Carter of Mars. What is John Carter of Mars? I thought the movie was good. So I, 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 I love the books. Uh, I'll go to Bar Zoom anytime. But um, <laughs> I, I think, unfortunately. When studios kind of ham-fistedly make a movie and, and slot it into a bad schedule spot, spot then it, it tanks so many things. Mm, yeah. People are yeah. scared. And I would be scared. Of, I would I would honestly be scared of seeing a movie a movie of this. I would love to see one. Pierce Anthony be... actually has a really great uh, talk about if this was ever made into a movie, his take on it. It's basically just like, I would just take the money and run. because he's like you just give it to the studio and they just hack it up and they put whatever they need to on the screen you can't be beholden to anything and you just he's like I would just take the money and run (laughs) just sure give me a couple million dollars alright so he gets across on this dolphin we we get across on the on the horse dolphin now this is the part I like and then we get to the door I love this manticora and then we get he's got to figure out how to open the door right and then we get to the manticora which is a horse Horse, dog, or excuse me, a horse, man, lion, dragon, scorpion. <laughs> and with the head of it, and it's just... And, and sings like, it talks, but has like some sort of like horn going, like high-pitched horn behind yeah, it his was, voice. Mm-hmm. This is really cool. Again, brought this into the story with my young daughter. Well, and if oh, you have, I, could see, I could see how if you Scott have most that. most versions. Actually, I don't think I've ever seen a different version. Yeah. Um, of the physical book, this is who he's talking to. Yeah, on the right. Cover. Oh, I didn't bring. Oh, okay. I got the hardcover doubled thing, but yeah, yeah. This is what he's talking to, which is pretty okay. cool. I just have your wonderful notes that have. All but, of yeah, them. which all I will say, when I first read this as a kid, uh huh. Not really even thinking about the cover art or doing anything like that. I just always pictured it as being like a like the lion body with like looking exactly like it does on the cover of the book. Yeah, but it's not like a big like mane head. It's just like a dude's head. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah. just like a regular sized dude's head on the top of a lion body. Which well, they I will have well, to say up, dude? when making manticores and stuff like that, the artists do tend to shy away from going full human on it because I think it's very off putting. <laughs> Yes. Like seeing an actual human face on something like that is extremely off-putting. So even the art, it's kind of a little <coughs> bit more ogreish, yeah, demon-esque. Yeah, ogre demon. Yeah, thing. yeah, that's H- humanoid. Yeah, yeah I have a Conan. I have one of the Conan comics that has a manticore with an actual human dude's face on it. How does that it look? is one of the most disturbing things I have ever seen. Ooh, I feel yeah. like you should post a comparison of. I should actually. Yeah, I yeah. should. Yeah. I'll, I'll dig it up. Um, yeah, that's. Ooh. Yeah. I did. I loved after 
Bing came back and talked to the Manticore again, where it's just kind of like, oh yeah, I could go, to, I could totally escape whenever I want. I, yeah, dude, I'm doing my year. Yeah, I'm doing my <laughs> year, man. I love it here. Yeah, know? because Bing outsmarts him right for a while, like has him chase him, and then he gets his his uh, tail stuck in the door. Yeah, and all yeah, this he, kind of stuff, and then he's. It's it's a good little action piece. But this is where we serves. find out, right, that uh, creatures go to Humphrey, ask a question, and then they have to serve a year's time period in servitude to him, guarding the castle I mean, as payment. Yeah, right? whatever he wants them to do. What, yeah, right. Because right. we, we know we always knew that uh, humans did that. But yeah, this, yeah, is, this the first is where we learn that animals show up to ask animals, questions. Yeah, so, animals yeah. will show up, at least the intelligence one, intelligent yeah, yeah. one as well. Yep. So, so uh, and what was his question? Because I thought this was kind of cool. I, I liked his uh, question. The Manticore, the Manticore's question was, "Do I have a soul?" And Humphrey's response was, "You wouldn't be worried about it if you didn't." Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love that. And I love too that just how the Manticore's reaction to that Bing's reaction is kind of like, "Oh, well, were you kind of annoyed with his question, with his answer?" And Manticore's like, "No, I, no, I wouldn't. I, been, have, I wouldn't have been happy with yes or no." Yeah. Yeah. He's like, "This gives me more than just right." So then we are greeted by the argumentative little elf uh, who turns out to be Humphrey. <laughs> who turns out to be just a little old man. Yes. <laughs> He's Irish. He's got to be Irish. That, yeah. Oi. Oi, man. Oi. Hey, you oh. know, lad. Well, what's your question? Yeah. I you watch. And, you know, he steps way out on a limb here. Oh, he, he, when he goes up to the laboratory, he summons a demon and he summons him from a pentagram. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, 77, this is touchy stuff. We're getting close oh, to yeah. the satanic panic and having a book that has an actual demon summoning from a from a pentagram is kind of a thing. Interesting, though. I mean, it was to, such a quick reference, though. It was. Well, interest, yeah. Well, it, in later books, it becomes a whole thing with yeah. hell oh, and everything else. Okay. Oh, yeah, the second book is all like, um, the source of magic is a demon named Xanth ooh. in the middle of the thing. Spoilers. Sorry. It's really cool. It is very cool. Spoilers <laughs> from a book from, what but was it, 1978? 78. 78. <laughs> yeah, that one would have been 78. Uh, but Stop your Frampton record! <laughs> but it is very cool, I think, to just kind of, I'm always into like, the, the, the magic that deals with you know, what we, what we consider hell. Or yes, the underworld I agree. or I agree. anything like that. I taught, um, I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but I have talked about it with you. Mm-hmm. Um, one of Piers Anthony's other books, or other series, mm-hmm. is called yep. the, Incar- the Incarnations of Immortality. Yes. And he goes through, like, the various gods, and it's like, it's, it's, it's when the gods get replaced by new gods. Right. Like, somebody mm-hmm. kills the god of war. Well, you have to have a god of war, so somebody, so they bring up, a, they bring somebody to, to take over the position. Yeah. Right. There is, the one that is about the new Satan, is phenomenal. Yeah, really? I've, heard, I've heard from most people that that's actually his favorite a, Pierce Anthony series. Because it's just a dude. Bad. It's a dude from like Earth. It's a. <laughs> I, I want to say it's like it, it, it's a dude from like regular Earth, and they're like, "Well, now you're now you're the devil." What, what do you mean I'm the devil? Wait, what? Does that mean I have to be evil? Well, not necessarily. Um, <laughs> but you're gonna get I, all the evil. You know, I, I'm just I'm more of a Noah Brick fan. <laughs> Noah Brick. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so we have this, uh, the demon goes, he's got magic. It's like magician magic. Well, what is it? 
I don't know. That magic stuff. <laughs> well, he summons Beauregard, uh, which is... And I love the demon. description. I love the, I love the fact that he's, like, wearing glasses. Yeah. This is, I think, what, again, Pierce likes to play with all of your expectations. So you're mm. summoning, a, summoning a demon. He's got some sort of little tail with a tuft on the end of it. Little glasses. Like, he's just a dweeb. All he wants to do is just read. He's the nerdy demon. Nerdy demon. Turns out there's nerds everywhere. Yep. You know? Even in dungeons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like that. But I, I saw this and I wrote it into the notes that I see this as his play on perceived dangers of Satanism at this time. Like that the danger actually turns out to be not real. Yeah. You know, it, it, the, the, what you perceive as being this evil uh, satanic no, he creature. Just, he, just shows, he just shows up. He's got reading glasses on yeah. and he's just... He's, yeah. He's just, he's the scholar demon. Yes. And I love the fact that if you read further into the series and you read further into um, the novels, you find out that the reason the demon even showed up is we, because he came to Humphrey to ask a question. That's and so two. he ordered really? a debt. And so he two. owed a debt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so he's there for an, for a year. And kind of one of the weirdest things where there's like, <laughs> like they're underground and there's like these precincts. It feels like you're in Miami Vice for a while. <laughs> they're, they're like, right, it's like all these little demons riding like slugs. I, it's really weird, <laughs> and, they, and there's like there's like a drop there too about how they me, uh, about how he actually did meet they actually met at like Demon University. <laughs> yeah, it gets so, really weird. I want to go to Demon University. So for <laughs> book two, for when you guys are, for book two, is that right during the Satanic Panic that he's writing all about demons and things? Yeah, like that? I mean, I, I would say it's still ramping up. Okay. Yeah, but it's it's definitely starting to happen because you you do have in the late seventy early seventies late seventies into the early eighties. You have bands. Uh, it, it's not to say that the satanic panic... Something, o- something about satanic panic just makes me want to party. <laughs> Helder right. Skelter. Helder Skelter. Yeah. Satanic yeah. panic sounds like a band name. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was a thing... They'll be playing at the party later. It was, yeah. a, it was a thing that has had such long legs, but, I mean, you had bands and... Well, and D&D fell under that. D&D fell under oh, yeah, it. All, all of that kind of stuff. Because, I mean, in D&D, you could summon things. Bands were using the pentagram freely, right? Like, a, a a lot of the the nerd culture was taking satanic elements and using it in their fantasy kind of stuff. So much so that it's, I think, become scary for some people. In fact, I would throw uh, the recent Marvel movie um, Doctor Strange under the bus for, I love Doctor Strange, but they really wussified Doctor Strange oh, yeah. because really? they didn't want to go hardcore with the demon summoning and stuff like yeah, that. They're he, just he, like, he was supposed to be like super satanic. Yeah, he's, oh, really? yeah, he's pretty satanic and that's in a lot of ways, but well, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, well, it's, not it's more Eastern mysticism yeah. uh, summoning, yes. but they really wussified it and I think that's actually and it was, yeah, because it was right after this when, like you said, the satanic panic because we just yeah. Yep. to say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just, how many times can we say that? It does just know? roll off the tongue. Because, because well, you had all these things like D&D. I just want to party. Yeah. <laughs> D&D and fantasy and, you know, magic and novels and who were using these Eastern symbols. And a lot right. of it, a lot of it was the white satanic panic because yeah. it's suburban house moms going, "I don't know what this means." Yeah, right. I don't right, get right. this. What is my kid doing? <laughs> right, right. It's actually a symbol for the chalice and femininity, but we can get. <laughs> <laughs> I like this white coke, but I don't know what the symbol means. <laughs> right, right. So they can't figure out what's going on. So finally, Humphrey tells them, "All right, go home." Um, um, can I get a note? 
Yeah. <laughs> I had to miss a lot of school to be yeah. here. Can I get a note? I get a pass. All, all Humphrey knows is, hey, you're, you do have really powerful magic. But I don't know what it is. But I, I have can't no figure idea what it is. Because, yeah. once again, this also shows a few times where his power comes into a, into play where, like, the manicor roars right when something's about to say what yeah. his power might be. And, right. you know, just different things happen to interrupt. Yeah, it, get, it gets beeped. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> Every time it's just, so your power is meh. Um, we find out kind of at the end of chapter six here, too. There's the three the three great ma- magicians that we know of. There's a lot of the four great magicians that we know of. But oh, the, Storm, the Storm King isn't that great anymore. Yeah, yeah right. Um, it's just kind of all right. So well, and there must be somebody hiding your talent. There must be some magician somewhere, or there's some very powerful magic that's made you, that's hiding your talent. Yes, it's your magic. And isn't this the point where uh, Bink asks Humphrey at one point, you know, would you want to eventually be king? Yeah. And Humphrey's just like, eh, no. No. I would never want that right. job. And I don't know if it's Well, here. if I'm king, when will I paint my miniatures? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Humphrey! <laughs> yeah, but he's all into knowledge, right? Like, I mean, yeah. Humphrey just wants to sit in his castle. Okay, I want to ask you this here. Exactly what I just he's said. Got, he's got the library yeah, with sure. the ladder on the wheels. Do you so can, see like, Humphrey, do you see Humphrey Dude, as being the good magician Humphrey? Or no, did, no. I, I immediately Very started selfish. seeing it as selfish yeah. and, and evil. And not maybe evil, but he's definitely selfish. Right? He just doesn't care. Do he's in his own little world. Last chapter, right? Chapter 7. Chapter 7. Exile. Exile. Freaking satanic panic exile. Headlining tonight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got satanic panic. We've got exile. We've got this dude named Bink. We don't know him. Bink. But I, I, rest, I rest me dancing on the pole. <laughs> Let's, get, <laughs> Let's get weird. <laughs> oh. You just... A line of centaurs just standing there. Everything's just on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the line of centaurs standing there in, in really tight orange or really tight yellow t-shirts. Yeah, with cheap sunglasses. You on, on. You on the list or? Uh... <laughs> but need, uh, you know, Bucky, out of here. We got Trent behind the bar <laughs> doing transformation <laughs> drinks. <laughs> yeah, Luke, go. Oh, Paul. <laughs> So, <laughs> so Pink Man. leaves the castle and he runs, uh, going through the wilderness, he runs into this massive battle that's going on. I love these wiggles. Uh, they're, it's so weird, but uh, again, like, in a uh, D, I'm just seeing in D&D, this is a cool idea. I, I like how they constantly, they travel in a straight line, you <laughs> don't know where they're going to end up. It, it wasn't like somebody who was affected by a wiggle, like on an episode of Embarrassing Bodies. <laughs> <laughs> I got this hole here. They're pulling it out of their back. And they drill through anything. Stone, people. And it's, I mean, it was a great big thing. And all I think about, I remember reading this, and this is, you know, reading this for the first time, probably 13, probably 12, 13, 14 years old, and going, oh my God. Army worms. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Army worms. Yes. Um, in, in the region where we're from, um, every like eight years or yeah, every like yeah. seven, eight years, we get a massive influx of what are called army worms, yeah. and they're just freaking everywhere. Like you, yeah. you, you pull your car over to the side of the road, and the road keeps moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just like <laughs> yeah. you, I, you can just see them. I was gonna say, I remember being eight years old and riding across with like my bike, yeah. and it just be it's fun. Fun. Green slime everywhere. Yeah, I was. I was actually. I was riding my bike down a road, 
me and my friend were, and we looked up, and they they, they string this web. Oh yeah, yep. and, and we looked up. And they hang about, and they hang. Yeah, it was. And they, they eat popple trees. There was a, there was a after. canopy of these things. I like yeah. I don't listeners, if you're you are not familiar, I would definitely look it up because yeah. it's like. For one year, every seven or what? No, it's th- they, they're around. It's three like years. It's, uh, yeah, three years. Seven cycle, years, three years, deep. and they're gone. But yes. then, weirdly, and I don't know. I've never looked into what it is, but I think like when we were young mm-hmm. is the last time they ever invaded, and we haven't been in the correct cycle anymore. Yeah, some it, something, something, something in, happened. Something has suppressed Global their cycle. Global warming <laughs> suppressed yeah. their cycle. Yeah, yeah no, I it's, mean, yeah, I'm the, okay. I don't like cleaning green junk. No, off of my I'm okay heart. with the, them being gone. Yeah, yeah. the. It's 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 this balance of black flies and army worms. Like they would, they just like fight back and forth. Yeah. Like there's too many there's too many worms. So so then the the flies are able to eat them. So mm. then there's too many flies. Yeah. It's just this weird back and forth. But yeah, definitely. It, it, like every seven years, all of a sudden we live on an alien planet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, uh, it's just so different. It's yeah. so weird. I yeah. will say, uh, I remember as a kid, it was very fun to pop them. Yeah, we just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. this idea you of going can, to wharf with them, like my friends and I, we'd get around and we'd like yeah. a, a bucket of gasoline or whatever, and we'd be throwing them into the you know oil or get, trying to yeah. kill. Yeah, them you, all. Would, you would find For very because sure. they will cl- they will climb up your house. They and yeah. they like just excrete this disgusting oh, green. Like God. they eat these popple leaves and then like puke it back up everywhere they go. So there's it's, this green goo. It's it's weird. awful. Yeah, and. You know, since since the we're time really making where we live sound great. I know <laughs> thirty five below <laughs> army worm infested. I mean, uh, hey, right uh, that's now, that's before the wind chill actually. And it's I wonder, down to negative fifty. Yeah, I I, I know what it they were actually, going for too, but you know, to our Australian listeners. <laughs> oh yeah, you guys um, live in that. To our Australian listeners, Bob, you're a parent. I'm yep. a parent. Yep. There is I, the I, goddamn Wiggles <laughs> from Australia. The singing group from the, yeah, Aus- yeah. the little kids singing group from the, uh, from Australia. That oh, you don't know. You don't know the Wiggles. You were the youngest. I, I know about it because I was. I'm the oldest in yeah. my family. Yeah, yeah. And, I have and, no and idea they, about the Wiggles. It got, it got, they were like a '90s group or something. One day, they, they, oh no, no, it was, they weren't old. It was early two thousands. Uh, they're they're still going. Yeah. Jeez. Uh. Um, so it is terrifying for but, real. Yes, it is terrifying. <laughs> but yes, so yeah. So all I'm hearing is like wiggle songs now when yeah. I'm reading this the second time. It's like going through the like as they're drilling through the trees. Uh, uh, this would be cool. This would be cool. A uh, cool thing for like to battle in a to battle in like D and D. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's an they're easy enemies, but it's a puzzle you have to solve. How the heck do you get rid of them all? Right, Rust monsters. But I, this is this isn't where that battle... I lied. This is not where that battle is. No, the battle's not here, but he, they do talk they about They talk about the Wiggles. He, he, he walks through a Swiss cheese, like, he walks through an area of the forest that looks like Swiss cheese. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh god, it's, are the Wiggles here? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's one where he sees the scars of where the Wiggles went, but otherwise right. it's... But, the, yeah, so the next thing, he comes back to the to the chasm, and he does the Indiana Jones the, thing before the, Indiana yeah. Jones did yeah. it! Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh my, I have that's that in my notes. Indiana yeah. Jones. Yeah. yeah. Where he, like, the, there's the bridge across. He can't see it, so he takes sand and he's throwing it over throwing to see it. where... Yeah. yeah. And then he finds that nice little railing. That's that's Who was a screenwriter for Indiana Jones that I was reading Pierce Anthony? Yeah. Uh, Busted. Well, and we get across, and he, like, he looks back, and you can't see it behind you. And all the trails he's taking right now on, like, the express route back to the North Village disappear behind him because they're one-way trails. <laughs> <laughs> you can only see them going one way on the trail. Right. Yeah. And then Probably we get to Bob. Bob. This has got to be one of Bob's favorite scenes. I here. love that. I, I actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, before we started recording, I was texting a friend 
talking about like what we were talking about today and, and like well, what's the book about I'm like well it's this weird like kind of farcical fantasy and there's this sex scene <laughs> between a griffin and a unicorn and I was not okay after it <laughs> that, that, oh my, that, that's the, if I can sum up my experience that's it that, that well, be it right there. And so we're at this there's a love pool by there's a love pool there and Big doesn't know it's a low pool, but there's a pool of water that looks really tasty, so Big's on his way to go over there, yeah. and he looks off to the side, and like a little kid walking into mom and dad's bedroom, <laughs> he, he, he in his head goes, oh, there's a griffin and a unicorn fighting over there. Yeah. Okay, oh, can, I, can I talk about how even more <laughs> uncomfortable I am with this scene now? After reading book two, <laughs> what, is, what is explained is Ma- that Ma- when, when Xanth first came into being through the leakage of magic from the demon Xanth, no. okay, that humans were normal, animals were normal, they all came into Xanth. And that's, why you, that's where you get the half-breeds from. The reason the there's all of these creatures is because evolution is, it's a magic evolution that, that the more magic you have, the more fit you are, but this love pool and stuff that exists basically through all of this interspecies orgies. And the, cent- and the centaurs wow. refuse to believe it. Yeah, there is no way we are descended from humans. So basically, I think what they're saying is like humans and horses bang. I mean, that love. You don't have that's exactly what they're saying. You don't have to dig that far on the internet, you guys. <laughs> like it's really weird. Like he's basically saying this entire world was created through the coupling of every possible. Yes. <laughs> So the wow. seahorse we just saw was somehow a dolphin and a horse. <laughs> Misogynistic. This is one of the most progressive books we've ever read. <laughs> everybody should be allowed to love everybody they want. <laughs> Whatever That's, you want. All you gotta do is drink out of that love pool and everybody's okay. And Big's, Big's like, and I just see Bink here doing like the push-up thing you do to pool. Where, <laughs> where he's got he's going down to drink. And he's just about, and then he like looks to the side again and goes... Oh my god. He hears oh. heavy panting in the woods. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nay. Uh, are you Oh my god, they're not they're, they're, they're not fighting. Why are you hurting yeah. mom? <laughs> yeah. Last year when Eric first said read these books, I read that when I got to this, I think I immediately texted you guys like Yeah, you did. You're not you did. gonna believe what we're reading. Yeah. <laughs> Next year. Yeah. And I, and I do love the uh, creature that's just waiting for Bink to drink out of that pool. <laughs> Just that oh. lovely, dirty harpy. Yeah. That painted a picture. Yep. In oh, my yes, place. it did. So it disgusting. My, my yeah. ex sister in law's in the tree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> oh, man. But, and, um, okay, so <laughs> when you guys envision harpies, yeah. I, I see always the thing from, from Last Unicorn. Okay, the with three breasts, which is not okay. Right. Yes, I always envision the 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 whole like it, it's like a centaur, but it's a bird. It's yeah. a bird. It's yeah. a bird lady, but like it's from like, like it has the head of a woman and 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 uh, the chest of a woman. Yes, maybe down to a yes. navel, but, but the rest but, is bird. but wings and bird. Yeah, yeah, no arms. It's just my like, my yeah. image is Merwin. They they had yeah yeah. I was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was gonna say Skyrim. Skyrim yep. did like a very horrific. Harpy. Yep. Yeah. It, was, it was done so well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with harpies, I want to say, there is a, in Dante's Inferno, there is a level of hell that has harpies picking at, it's the suicide level. Mm. You're turned into a tree when you commit suicide, so you can't have control, and then harpies come down and peck at you. Okay. Um, 
I you well, we've established on here that we're all teachers and we all work at a school. <laughs> uh, I teach that to eleventh graders every year, and we actually draw out that level. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. nice. So, trying to explain what harpies look like in a uh, censored atmosphere. Yeah, you can't even really <laughs> image search harpy uh, without some weirdness. Is that, uh, you know? blo- is that blocked at school now, Luke? <laughs> <laughs> harpy, yeah, block harpy. Um, yeah, so she comes down and starts swearing at him and spitting him, and he's like, and Big has this mo- re- realization moment of, oh my god, if I would have drank from the spring, I would have put my wiener in there. <laughs> <laughs> you made another that's, a, that's a hot dog bun you want to avoid. Uh, let's... <laughs> God. <laughs> I will say, this is then a time where Bink is smart and goes, I have to go through the peace forest. Hey, I hate you. you know, he yeah, just, yeah. He, he starts, starts insulting her, yeah. so she keeps following yeah. him. He just keeps egging her on until finally, so that he can get through it all. Right. Speaking of nice through peak, it all. bird brain, let's get out of here. So he eventually makes his way back to the village where he is put on trial, and the king couldn't give... Two craps about this I've got, note. I've got, I've got a note from Who Humphrey. Cares? <laughs> Humphrey's not king. Yeah, you're right. He's he's just a vain, senile old dude. That's right. Really, that's kind of who he is. Right. I mean, and it's pretty hard for, to say. Like, I, I've got magic. We just don't know what it is. Yeah. Right. Well, oh, and you know what? You know, like now that we're we're talking about it, a really good. If his parents hadn't saved him from that poison gas. He would have known what his talent was. Oh, but that was no. That, that was, was his. That talent. was his talent. That was his talent protecting him. Yeah. No. Was, ex- no. Ex- yeah. His, that was his talent. Oh, his, his talent. His, his talent. His talent made him. Made his dad do that. Yeah. His talent right. shows oh, it makes that it, people. Do, oh, yeah. okay. Okay. That, his, that. Okay. That makes a lot more his sense. Talent, I'm, not, I'm not done with the book yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His talent wants to stay hidden. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing about his talent is it. If it's out in the open, then people can get around it. Yeah. So. Okay. Right. Um, so this king dis- the king dismisses the note, uh, says, uh, and and pretty much still casts him out. Right? He yep. Just, no magic. You're done. Yep. Um, dumps everything on the ground. So Bink heads towards the shield, um, but he he actually what I like about this part instead of this being a downbeat moment, this actually is an upbeat moment. He's happy. For Bink. He's happy. Yeah. Well, He's like, you know what? I've been living. Or hiding, you know, in this community for so long that it actually feels good. And even during the trial, I, it just it shows a lot about you know the head of state, the ineffective head of state. Yes, yes. Bank, bank, <laughs> ooh, topical. <laughs> are, are we talking about Jimmy Carter? <laughs> it might. It might. Are have sure been. it's Carter? Oh, Dean. It, it, it might have been in 1977 as well. He's got that North Georgia voice. Oh, it's, yeah. it's just a little bit. Yeah. I just came off my peanut plantation. Yeah. It's a little airy. Palestinian uh, peace <laughs> accords are a. F- Far cry from ramping up nuclear construction. <laughs> oh man! But Bink even like tries to almost buy his way. It's like, well, well, maybe you could read the notes, or maybe feel differently if you drink this water. It's healing water. Yeah. And the How goes, dare you? Hey, I I don't need this. I'm fine just the way I am. And Which, he jumps it out. Which okay? Did I miss something? When did when did Bink make the decision to give him the water? Because I thought that was like I'm not going to give him the water because he's beholden. This was this was his last okay, ditch desperate. desperation. Yeah, that was yeah. the like end. Like I might well like, try something here. Well, what, what 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 can a stream do to the government? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and I guess he's found out he, he doesn't, doesn't have all. to be beholden to it. So I guess the king wouldn't have to be either. <laughs> Springgate. <laughs> yeah. So it stumps it out, and then yep. Bink said. 
Binks on the road. And he's happy. Yeah. He's so happy to be on the road. Well, it's and just kind of to be free. To be yeah, to be thinking about this for his entire life and have this he's really had this huge weight up taken off his yeah. shoulders because it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Right, right. Twenty five years he's had that's that pressure a, and it's finally a release. Yeah, you know, it's it, that's a, it's a very good outlook for life. Right. So what and I he realize and he realizes his fiance's kind of a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's well, yeah, that, because we're not in nowhere on what, what I think Stop knocking things at the bar. <laughs> what I what I think we're seeing here is I mean, this is like uh, a rejection of society in some ways, right? Yeah, like I mean, you're seeing through the veneer of I don't uh, you know, maybe he's going with capitalistic society or whatever or at least the society of of, you know, personal possession and constantly driving for personal gain and, you know, that kind of thing. And he's like, even my girlfriend, who I've been sitting here staying faithful to mm. the whole time, rejects me because I have no magic. Mm. Could have had Iris. I could have yeah. had Iris. Yeah, you idiot. <laughs> could have ruled this place yeah. with Iris. Yeah. Iris and Whoever oh, you wanted and, to be. And or, my old fiance, well, all of them. And it's... And, yeah. I, and I think it is just the speaking to of I, I think Pierce was hurt at some point here too because <laughs> this is like oh you're not who I thought you were yeah, yeah. I'm not you're not and you're not yeah. worth my time anymore who, who came before Cheryl cause Pierce you're, what happened to you because <laughs> you're not you're not who I thought you were you don't have the position that I thought you were going to have our life didn't turn out like we th- like I thought it was going to so therefore I have no need for you anymore yeah, that's he not probably, how this works you probably had a girlfriend by, you're supposed to stick by me through this cuz you're supposed that's to have it, my actually, back he had a girlfriend I, who was stolen by a guy named Trent yeah. <laughs> Trent. Oh, and, he, and you Trent. know what? And he could have had Iris, but he turned her down yeah. for Sabrina. Yeah. Yeah. You know why? Because I have scruples. I have morality. <laughs> I'm going to take the high ground here. <laughs> I'm going to slander you and Trent in this book. <laughs> <laughs> and then... And then Bing steps through the shield and goes to Mundania at yeah. the end. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about this shield, because I kind of like, I like how he gets through the shield, that there's this yeah, shield I, I heard, stone. I hear Hydra, a Hydra controls, the, controls the shield. <laughs> really? Oh my. <laughs> weird, uh, that's a weird reference. Uh, <laughs> Hydra controls the shield. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. From Marvel? Yeah. Sort of. yeah. Yes, thank you. Yes, Bob, yeah. thank you for explaining the punchline. Well, you line. said it was a weird reference. I don't even know. It was weird. I'm like, shot from the Marvel that the kids are watching these days. <laughs> What's Marvel? I don't get it. Who questions me? <laughs> but I love the, when I was a kid, Captain Marvel was known as Shazam. <laughs> okay, the shield. The shield. Yeah, I like the shield stone, right? It's created because this is important later on in the book that the shield is created by the shield stone. So if you eat. Neutralize the shield stone. Yep. The shield's coming down. But I like that he's handed the, handed this rock that like the time stone. The time yeah. stone. And so when it, he'll only have what five seconds to get through the the wall to get to Mundania. You better, you better get up there, buddy, because those stones uh, don't always keep the best time. <laughs> but I'll, I'll shut the shield off. Uh, I'll shut the door of the shield off uh, when my stone turns red. You better get uh, moving. Yeah, so right Big's walking up there and he's thinking and he's thinking and he looks, oh God, it's red. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> will I make it through or will I not? And he does because anything in the shield zone is destroyed, instantly yeah. destroyed. It is, and I do like how it talks about, you know, all the dead animals that sometimes <laughs> jump through. And there's a big punishment crew in the yeah. military. Yeah. Part of the military <laughs> punishment crew is to, you have to go clean up the dead bodies yeah. by the shield. It's either you got like half latrines. a centaur like buried halfway through the shield, you got to take yeah. his half corpse out of it. You either get the latrine duty or you get the shield. 
Doodle Dewey. Which sounds one like, you want? Sounds a lot like you know if you have like uh, windows that have like the pane and then like the screen. You know all the bugs that collect. <laughs> that's, 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 that's the shield zone. <laughs> yeah, nice. All nice. The, I like that. All the you just gotta vacuum them out every yeah. once in a while. Yeah. I do. I like. I got that. the stupid trailer. I clean their stupid windows. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah. So he steps through the shield. Feels a little tingle. Yep. Gets a little tingle. <laughs> Shazam! We are in Mundania. And he, fa- and, he, and he falls into Mundania. Am I alive? Well, I wouldn't be thinking about being alive if I wasn't alive. So I guess I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, and that brings us to the spot that we're going to stop for yeah, this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yes. pick it up in Mundania on the next episode. <laughs> There's a car coming. Pause game. <laughs> We're gonna pick it up in Mundania from Mundania. Ooh! <laughs> so there it is, episode thirty-one, everybody. Uh, in the bags. In the bag. How are you feeling so far about the book? Was it everything you hoped it could be? I, I nobody could have prepared me for this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was a little prepared. Bob gave us a little bit of a little. Yeah, bit I, 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 just, I just knew a unicorn banged something next to a pool. I haven't. I've read this. Is probably the third or fourth time that I've read this book, mm. and I'm. Never Never prepared. I'm never, I, I always <laughs> something, in my, something in my head forgets something. Yeah, and then it comes up again, and I'm like, and I'm I'm just like a little kid where I'm like I, I'm literally lolling. I'm literally laughing out loud at yeah. parts of this book where I'm sitting where I'm yeah. where I'm sitting there. <laughs> oh my god, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I feel don't like, ever say that you're lolling. <laughs> just don't. Just say laughing. Out. Somebody of our age demographic should never say lolling. No, um, occasionally I am laughing. Oh, um, again. Get, get how would you? Just how would you out. prepare somebody for this book? Because I feel like this is not a book. This is unlike anything we've ever done. Uh, yeah, no, I, I have no idea how you sell this to somebody. I don't know. You okay? So you, you make you make friends with somebody at work, and then over the next <laughs> couple of years, you you say we should start a podcast, and then a year and a half yes. into that podcast, you say we're going to read Piers Anthony. Hey, that's, yeah, yeah. Start, yeah. that's how you do it. Hey, you're always making puns at work. Would you? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know that one time you talked about unicorn sex? Here, read this book. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you you seem like the open-minded kind of sort that likes bestiality. But I interest, could, have you heard about our Lord and Savior, Piers Anthony? <laughs> Where do you think this book falls with? Like, is it is it incredibly juvenile? Is it adult? Is it, like, who's it for? Because it's, there's two um, adult things for young kids. Yes. There's two, I mean, what? That's, that's the thing, is I feel like as an adult, you can get some of the things that Piers, that he's putting in there. But as a younger kid, you might not. Oh, but I got it. Reading, oh, but reading, some of it's right on the oh, nose. No, some it's of it is. constantly yes. referencing breasts. Reading this at like 12, 13 years old. Yeah. Sitting, oh, yeah. You'll, sitting re- in you'll the, recognize the... This is sitting in the back seat uh, while, we're, while we're road grouse hunting. Yep. Next to my mother with my dad and my grandpa in the front seat. Yep. Next to my, what you reading? Oh, it's just a fantasy book. <laughs> just <laughs> about swords and dragons and stuff. <laughs> I feel like it's almost it's, yeah, it's twelve year old <laughs> pornography. Let me read about the nymph. Let me read about the nymph. Again. What are, what are you reading back there? Nothing. What are you reading? Yep, <laughs> yep. that's how. Yes, that's how. See, it look was. on the cover. It's got this. It's got this red fantasy thing. Yeah. Which just, which actually for my parents just went while he's reading. Uh, <laughs> he's in the back seat in one of those uh, neon wind suits, half erect. <laughs> <laughs> what are you reading? <laughs> Nothing! 
You want to get out and shoot this bird? Yeah. No. No. Nope. Oh, sure. Let me just. You're bending over the gun, trying to trying to put the shells in the chamber. Oh, oh, my back hurts. Why? Why are you trying to shoot it from your knees? I just like to get low to the ground. So it's, you can get more stability on the gun. I. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, why don't you shoot this one? Uh, yeah, oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. I like he went right into the... Into oh, the Morty. Morty. Oh, jeez, Rick. Oh, jeez. Get in the car. Morty. This is, yeah, this, Morty. Is a, this is a very odd odd book, but I, I am enjoying it. I'm yes. enjoying it, but you have to come to it with a... No. If you like... A uh, certain mentality. Yeah, you prepared. just... A very, very open and just kind of willing to see what... This is, like, it, this and is you gotta ridiculous. Be, you, gotta be, you gotta be able to be a little tongue-in-cheek with your fantasy, yes. too. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. have to be able to be tongue-in-cheek with your fantasy. You can't, like, no, dragons would never do that because a dragon came from blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not highbrow fantasy where you're trying to get lost in a world that you would want to live in or believe is real. Or I would love... I would, okay, I would, I would love, love yeah, yeah, actually, I would too. Uh, I take it's, that all back. It's a world. It's just not one of those I'd realistic just, fantasy I, worlds. It's not realistic. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I'd be in Xanth. I'd be a wild oat farmer. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, sowing your wild oats nuts. <laughs> Gotta remember that final phase, though. Yeah. We would all, every Friday night, we'd be going to clubs. <laughs> You've got 75 acres of wild oats. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> and I'm never bored. You're harvesting some in January and February and March. That's like, actually wow. good names. <laughs> you know what? On, on, that, on that terrible uh, mental image, uh, why don't we uh, pack this in? All right. All right. Across uh, the shield barrier. You like what we've said? You don't like what we've said? You want to talk more? More about Xanth. Um, remember, we are we are just in the first book here, so Bob's brought up some lore, and I've talked a little bit about lore from uh, books that go on. You want to talk about stuff? Hit us up on Facebook. Yeah, Hit us up on the Twitter. Do. Yeah, let us know. Do you have a Dungeons and Dweebs itch that this podcast just can't fulfill? Yeah. Subscribe to us on YouTube for weekly content. And don't forget about uh, you know emailing us as well because I think a lot of times on Facebook we were just kind of talking about this about how many people listen to the show, but then we don't get a lot of traffic as far as commenting on things on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of sometimes linked into your Facebook, and maybe you don't want people seeing yeah. that you're commenting about. Unicorn sex. <laughs> <laughs> Send us an email. So, yeah, slide into our DMs. Shoot us an email. Yeah, DM, yeah something. direct message us. Or, or If you, or if you have a weird, obscure Twitter account that nobody knows about, you can follow us on Twitter, at D and Dweebs. Yeah, but Thank let's get you. some conversation, because I would like to, you know, like the next Tavern Talk, you know, throw it all over to, you know, you guys' your thoughts and, where, and where, remembrances. You know, where were you when you first read Xanth? When you first, um, if you became a fan of this universe, where were you when you entered it? Were you a kid? Were you an yeah. adult? Were you uh, sneakily under the covers of a flashlight hiding it from your mother? <laughs> yeah. What were you I mean, doing? You know, you know, I, I got through a lot of this book this week, um, and, and I took the audiobook route with you, Club. Uh, there's a really old one on YouTube. Yeah, somebody has posted, um, like, all of them. Yeah, what? but, but what, what, what ended up happening, um, I, I, was, I got to about the part where Bink and Wynn were having their little adventure and he was looking up her dress and then my sister came over <laughs> I, have, I, I have never so quickly paused something in my life because I don't want to have to try to explain that well and the worst thing is is it's not even like good audio quality so you're no. listening to this really bad quality version but the guy who reads it is phenomenal yeah, yeah, yeah. Once, yeah. Once, you, once you get in your head to get over to get over the fact that it's recorded 
on YouTube from a cassette player. A cassette player. tape. Oh, a classic. A recording of a recording. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. classic But the guy, you, the like, guy literally where you can hear the other side occasionally him yelling through the... You know how you can play a cassette mm. tape and you could hear the other side yeah. sometime? Mm-hmm. You can hear that sometimes nice. on this record. Oh. I got to just for some nostalgia. But, but the guy who reads yeah. it, the, the guy who actually he's is good. doing the reading, is very, yeah, very good. Good. Especially when it comes to, like, do He does a different voice for every yeah. character. Yeah. I wish somebody, just, you just have to do a quite a bit of fast I wish somebody would get end. a cleaned up version of that and put yeah. that out. It'd be nice yeah, because there's nothing on version. Audible. There's nothing, like... No. I don't think these will be redone. I, I don't. I, I think these are very obscure and, and niche. Which, by the way, I'll post pictures of them, I think, tomorrow or the next day. Uh, I, I'm getting the old, from 1992 or whatever, um, Franklin Mint Xanth. Oh, yeah. Figures. You have to post, <laughs> nice. have to post pictures yes. of that. Yeah, so scored cool. it for 50 bucks on eBay. I'm super stoked. Yeah. So whoever in Kentucky gave that up to me, thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, jump in, talk to us, join the conversation. We want to hear from you guys. We want, again, um, it, uh, Twitter. It just feels like all of our conversations are so one-sided. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a exactly. podcast. Shut up, Luke. <laughs> but can we? Let's let's get out of here. On, well, on that note, I do have that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm coming. I'm coming. Um, Luke, how about you uh, get this round? Because I got three nymphs at the door right now, and I'll see you guys later. Oh, you touched me when you said that. Oh, dude, uh, sorry. Here, I got three quarters and a nickel, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this moon right here. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dungeons & Dweebs. There's even more adventuring to be had at our website, DungeonsAndDweebs.com. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at DungeonsAndDweebsPodcast at gmail.com. You can also find Dungeons & Dweebs on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Find all those links at DungeonsAndDweebs.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. The music for Dungeons & Dweebs is Fatal Fight by Royalty Free Kings and can be found at their website, RoyaltyFreeKings.com. Dungeons & Dweebs is a Tim Gilbert media production, copyright 2017, all rights reserved, and no part of the show can be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Tim Gilbert Media. I just was listening to that. Doozy camps! <laughs> in Argentina, doozy camps! Uh, we have tractors! <laughs> I did not... I, it, was, it was surprising that they said it was... They named Mangala and Sons in hopes that he would come back. Is that what they'd said? Yes, it was Mangala and Sons was for him to, when he came back. Because it was like Mangala Tractor Company, supplier of... Farm equipment to the to the Nazis. Then they they did change because Mengele was so synonymous with you know what happened at Auschwitz. So then they renamed it Mengele, Mengele and, and Sons. Sons in hopes that Mengele would come back and like help run the company. <laughs> Which well at least they did. At least it wasn't like a. There's still company. an operation. Yeah. You can buy a Mengele and Track. Sons tractor. You want to buy a Mengele and Sons tractor I, for I, your dad's farm? I bet you. I'm gonna find. I bet you could buy a T-shirt that says that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Mangala and Sons, yeah. <laughs> Please don't buy that. That'd be the most obscure. Oh, I'm going to. That would be, wear that to work one day. <laughs> Nobody's going to get that. that. I mean, Nobody we will. Yeah. <laughs>
Okay. You should look it up. I don't. Find me a shirt. Yeah, my birthday. There, there, there we go. Now Mangala. we have our, now we have our outro, coming. guys. We can just start, start talking Jesus. about Mangala. I got it. <laughs> I know. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Okay, you gotta go. You gotta go. Okay, here he comes. Here he comes. <laughs> Ornery centires. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Horny centaurs. Horny ornery. After you know, after I blew a tire, I went with centaurs. <laughs> no, no ads. No ads. No <laughs> ads. The only rubber I trust to get me from point A to point B. <laughs> Michelin. Um, 